Shrek becomes a Christmas believer, Robin Williams reinvents Flubber, and Del Griffith's wife likes him. His customers like him. And more on 2010. Welcome all to another fun-filled episode of 302010, your weekly look back 30, 20, and 10 years ago into pop culture history. We are smack dab in 1987, 1997, and 2007, and the date ranges from November 24th to 30th. So we are almost done with November. Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Dave Rudden, and I want that fucking car. <laughs> I'm three men and a Diana Goodman. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to say three mats and a JB. Ah! <laughs> That's okay, actually pretty good. We should just yeah. stick with that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My bad. This is going to be an exciting episode. Once again, covering November 24th through the 30th. Some light news, but a lot of pop culture. The movies have uh, come to a trickle, but they're all incredibly notable, so please stay with us. Ahoy hoy, everybody! If you're looking for a perfectly cromulent podcast that will embiggen your knowledge about the greatest TV show ever made, be sure to check out Talking Simpsons, the Laser Time Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Here's a clip from our most recent episode. Did you have dogs that ate lipstick? No! So I, th- I thought that was a reference to Homer being dog-like. That whatever. totally makes sense. I could see... Oh, man, it, yeah. I think it started with our dogs with my sister's scented whatever, oh. and then they just ate all lipsticks if you, they could get to them. I didn't really have dog. I didn't have a dog until after after I was six, so I never experienced a dog eating lipstick. But... I did, and her name was McGaggy. <laughs> McGaggy. But that makes it even... That does make it even a better joke. Not just that Homer is a weirdo who eats flowers and lipstick and, soap. and a million and other the and soap. <laughs> fancy soaps. Yeah, but that, that he does it in a dog way. I do like that. For all this and more, be sure to check out Talking Simpsons every Wednesday at TalkingSimpsons.com or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you crave even more Simpsons-related stuff, head on over to Patreon.com slash TalkingSimpsons for dozens of exclusive podcasts, including Talking Critic. Starting, as we always do, in 1987. November 24th through the 30th, do we have any news on this fine day in November? Yeah, the news is that it's Thanksgiving! Thanksgiving! Hooray! In Stuffing. a different week oh, and man. year in 1987. So I'm six years old. I'm probably not, probably not eating shit. Yeah. I'm like, my mom slaved over turkey and potatoes and yams, and I'm like, I want pizza. Right. Oh, you were like, one oh no! Of those. I was all such oh, a man, su- such a finicky. I was always all about it, all yeah. of it. I'm still, I'm, I'm a big Thanksgiving boy. I love it. I'm <laughs> so bummed that I'm on the West Coast and cannot get a freaking Wawa gobbler for the first <laughs> fall of my life. Whoa, I think you get those anyway. Yeah, you. It's <laughs> you not the 20, same. Twenty bucks down at the dock. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> 
It's that everywhere has their own version of it. <laughs> I just I just remember loving Thanksgiving not so much for the food, but it was the the most I would be left alone as a young kid yeah, under all the ten. Parent, all the adults are busy. All the adults are busy either cooking or drinking, yeah. and I could do whatever games. I wanted. Yeah. And that's that's why I loved we're, it. We're gonna talk about it way more in the second segment. But like as a kid, mm -hmm. you also get to watch like balloons on TV. Yeah, yeah. balloons on TV. All like a. And, this Turkey Day Marathon for me, where I discovered yeah. MSC3K at my grandparents' house because they had a cooler cable package than I did. The cast of Blame is. Oh. Yeah, there's a reason we didn't talk about the parade uh, last episode when Thanksgiving was in 2007, because it sucks nowadays. Does but it? in the 80s and 90s, you had giant balloons that maybe would kill people, mm -hmm. but also were like, yeah, you'd get giant Bart Simpson balloon, giant Snoopy balloon. Now it's like, well, they have to be a certain size. Well, they're not just going to put every Flash in the fan cartoon anymore. up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Underdog. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, though? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Sorry, All right, sorry. but in the movies of 1987, oh, this got added the last minute. Diana, what is housekeeping? Uh, let's click it and find out. Housekeeping. When their mother didn't return home from her Sunday drive, Lucille and Ruthie thought it was strange. But they never knew how strange the family could be until Aunt Sylvie came to take care of them. Sylvie! Because Sylvie Hi! isn't like the rest of Fingerbone. Sylvie! Disaster doesn't upset her. Oh, no. Public opinion doesn't bother her. Hello. I met a really nice lady at the station. She was traveling to see her cousin hanged. What the fuck? Is this <laughs> manic pixie dream mom? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, oh, stepmom. It seems like stepmom. I thought that was Simone from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but it doesn't look quite like Whoa. her. Oh, it did kind of no, look like No, uh, it's Christine Lottie in uh, a movie written and directed by Bill Forsyth. They also made Local Hero, which is kind mm. of a cult classic. So did and their mom die and they just glossed over that in the trailer? Yeah, pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Pretty oh, and then their aunt comes to take care of When their mom didn't come back. And who <laughs> cares about this shit? I can't believe we have to sandwich this in the middle. I just thought I'd throw <laughs> that in because we got other movies to talk about. Exactly. Very I can't believe we have to sandwich yeah. this in in between the actual number one movie. This should have been number one with a goddamn bullet. The other one's pretty important. Not, it is, pretty it, not important, it, it but it's is, and it's, and it's not remember. bad either, yeah. but this is the one that holds up, and I think everybody yeah. revisits every year. This is the one oh, I watch yeah. every year. Yes. Yeah. Every and freaking That year. would be this. <laughs> During holiday travel, some people get delirious, some get delayed, and some get Dell Griffin. <laughs> American Light Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. <laughs> I love, love, yeah. love playing trains and automobiles. Hey, we, let's all, let's, let's, can we all I just get... this fucking movie so fucking exactly. much. Let's get this out of the way. And those aren't like pillows. It, How do they know which way we're going? <laughs> <laughs> the quote, most quotable movie in the world. Yeah, those aren't pillows. But just such a simple concept. I, the, a road movie? This has been yeah. done a billion yeah. times before. I'll be home for Christmas. It's it's all those movies. Forces of Nature. A due date. This happens yeah. once every couple of years, but this is the best version of that. I don't yeah. know, Diana. Maybe yeah. there's a Bob Hope and Bing, Bing Crosby, Crosby movie that's yeah, better. Not... No. This movie needed one jaunty yeah. tune. Like they could have done one. Like uh, you can ride in the back of my truck with my chickens if you do a song and dance for me, John Candy. <laughs> and, is, this, is this the only time that Candy and Martin ever teamed up? Uh, that I know of. Yeah, oh, and it's it's just smack so dab in the middle of like biannual. And by that I mean two mm -hmm. movies a year from John Hughes, who will also yeah. have a movie in the next segment mm -hmm. that he wrote. But he uh, directed this one. John Candy, Steve Martin. Kevin Bacon in a light appearance. Uh, it's Mike, SNL Mike and SCTV coming together. He forgot yeah. part He's of the, automobiles. Uh, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah, he was in this one for six seconds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he cab. races him for the cab, which yep. is also, isn't that his character from nine months or whatever that movie? Isn't Doesn't like almost oh. the exact same scene happen where he runs for a cab 
But it's not Steve Martin doesn't show up in uh, that. Oh, wait, is this our hundredth episode? Uh, I think so. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> that's that's this a, is our one hundred. In our hundred episodes that we've done a thirty twenty ten. We've covered four John Hughes movies. In that Jeez. period, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Some Kind of Wonderful, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. All fucking fantastic for their own reasons. But mm. this is... The, I, I always thought it was weird because this is one of the few movies... Oh, this is a, has adults in it. And I didn't yeah. I didn't like it as a kid or I didn't... I don't know. It didn't hit me as a kid. But now this is the one I probably revisit. Well, definitely annually at this point. And we do have a commentary. Lasertime.bandcamp.com. We do commentaries for our patrons. Patreon.com. Lasertime. Since he's he's an even bigger fan of this movie. I love how are. Brett describes himself as sometimes a cold man, but Planes, Trades, and Automobiles breaks him down. Mm-hmm. It makes Aww. him weepy. And it, I cry at this movie. I, like you said, time. like the first time you ever got a car, he played the wheels. Uh, wheels. And that soundtrack has never been released. I've had to dig it out of the film and like give it to him on multiple occasions. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a rap remix of lines from the movie in the credits that doesn't exist anywhere. (laughs) You have to get yourself. We could almost do it. Maybe laser time about songs that didn't appear on soundtracks. Yeah, I I put one in, and it sounds a little awkward. And two weeks ago. Uh, one of my favorite songs from The Running Man mm-hmm. never put on any album and oh. it's just a great mm. instrumental synth theme what dance did you do when you listened to it I, the Paula Abdul dance she, oh, she choreographed God. it for you the, ruined it's, it Dave it's called Paula's Song because <laughs> she, she, she choreographed the song oh, Paula's so they song. called they named it after her sorry about that Playing Dreams and Automobiles is a simple story of two men one uptight guy Steve Martin trying to get home to his family for Thanksgiving and one semi-mysterious lovable character shower curtain salesman Del Griffith who's got a lot more experience on the road and I've, I, again, you've seen a ton of other movies like this. They try and catch a flight. It doesn't work. They try and take a train. They get kicked off that train. They try and take an automobile, and it catches on fire. Uh, <laughs> but all the trials and tribulations they go through by force, being forcibly teamed up with one another over and over again. And I don't give a fuck. I don't like to use long film clips. But I'm going to see if I can uh, get uh, those eyes wet for everybody in the audience yeah. with a little bit of the great sequence of like Steve Martin feeling like he's so big and confronting Del Griffith. Oh, and Del Griffith just busting him down. Busting them down to size. I love this scene. You're no saint. You got a free cab. You got a free room. And someone who'll listen to your boring stories. I mean, didn't you, didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I started reading the vomit bag? Didn't that give you some sort of clue? Like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it? You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. <laughs> They're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd, li- I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. <sighs> I-, I-, I could tolerate any-, any insurance seminar. For days, I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. They'd say, how can you stand it? And I'd say, because I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything. You know what that'd say? That'd say, I know what you mean. The shower curtain ring guy. Whoa. It's, it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. <laughs> I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. 
Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Oh, and that song reprises at the end when he's alone on the train because you find out that he doesn't. Yeah. His wife, his wife is gone. doesn't like him anymore. He's been oh. George Clooney up in the airing all over the country yeah. with no real home or family. Which also gives context like, yeah, no wonder he tells long stories and he doesn't talk to anybody else. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's, that's odd because there's like only... It stars Steve Martin in the... Mm-hmm late 80s yeah. where he yeah. couldn't be funnier or more prolific and maybe he, his best performance he has two he, it's a great performance he has two moments where he gets to be funny yeah. mm-hmm. but he's mostly a cantankerous straight man mm-hmm. for the for, throughout the whole film I just and think those moments are when he's not with John Candy yeah. it's like he has to do something to buoy those scenes to be <laughs> like great this movie is so fucking good it's god so, damn it it's just one of the best movies ever like we yeah. can't over this is right. one like every couple months on 302010 you know one of those movies comes up where it's like you know it, we know it. Like we just cannot, we can't oversell this movie. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. But it's not number one at the box office. Yeah. Sadly, I, I think I've said this before talking about planes, trains, and automobiles. But it always kind of like I always remember it wrong. That normally in a three act structure, this is the low point at mm-hmm. the end of Act Two, where they something happens and there's conflict and they break up, and then in the end they come back together and they're friends again or something. But this is way towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not following that. They're at that odds annoying... almost the whole. They don't like really truly become like a duo like together until the last scene of the film. Yeah. pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it's not following that that formula that mm-hmm. I find just so freaking obvious. I love that people love this movie so much. I just went to the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. for it. And there's an actual map that maps the route they took. Holy shit. Let's do it! Let's guess. There we go. That's why there's a Patreon, so we can recreate the steps of Del Griffin. Yeah. You can't drive we across the country. You gotta go on a mattress truck, I think, or something. Like, if, if you've ever driven across the country, you can't, especially if it's cold out, mm-hmm. not think of this movie. Yes! Yeah. We yes. did it earlier this year when the entire country was frozen, yeah. and the whole time I'm talking about this movie... You know, just like this, it's just like that movie I love. Yeah. It's, Any anytime I accidentally, or I'm driving with someone, and we're accidentally in the wrong lane for a second, I'm like, "You're on the wrong side of the road." <laughs> I don't know which way we're going. It, it, and here's a hot take: I can't believe how many classic holiday movies mm. John Hughes managed mm. to get out there. Even yeah. Dutch, Home Alone, <laughs> Christmas yeah. Vacation, oh, yeah. a ton. Mm-hmm. And I think Dutch. this. I wouldn't put Dutch in the same category. It's just it's just so weird because I was like, he made a movie in, because these in I Holland? love Dutch because these aren't kids. This holds up a little better yeah. for adult mm. viewings. There's nothing super dated about it other than the models of the vehicles. Yeah. Cell phones are not a factor because you're just fucked in the middle mm. of nowhere. And for a lot of people, Thanksgiving is the loneliest mm-hmm. holiday because yeah. it's usually the one you don't go home for because Christmas is just around the corner and you don't want to spend another grand mm-hmm. going home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, like, you're eating a lot. It's the one when people reference like awkward moments with your mm-hmm. family. It's always Thanksgiving. No mm-hmm. one says awkward awkward moments with your you know Trump or Uncle at Christmas mm-hmm. or at Easter. It's mm-hmm. always Thanksgiving because it's the one time where you're like, no, everyone's got to be here. You can have a Christmas without your extended relatives. Yeah, you got it. Thanksgiving's the one where it's like everyone's <laughs> at the table. And I'll say, lastly and most importantly, there's a lot of good advice from Steve Martin in there about podcasting. Oh my god, <laughs> I tell me I sell that before every episode. Yes, every. 
Yes, and I played a whole clip Not of every that. clip has to be in. Here's it Dave Rudden. Here's hurts, some interesting things. It hurts my feeling every time I hear it. <laughs> Just like I'm Del Griffith. But that's not even the number one movie this week. No. And I, I, I was mm. stuck on a cruise, a senior's cruise ship with my mm. parents just this year. Mm. And they got three channels on this cruise ship. CNB, CNBC, mm. Fox News, and CNN. I thought the, uh. the three channels were going to be Ted Dance and Steve Putin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Well, I guess that's a good intro. Thank you for finishing it. I was worried I, I destroyed it. Touchstone Pictures presents Tom Selleck. Oh. Steve Gutenberg. Ted Danson. Jack. Angela, oh, you look different. What happened? I'm dressed. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Three incredibly eligible men hoping to meet some incredibly perfect women. So many women. <laughs> so, so little so time. time. Now, at last, they're about to find that one girl who will sweep them off their feet. <laughs> That's a baby. It's a baby. Of course it's a baby. It's your baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm stuck on a cruise ship. The only movies they have on demand are alaska theme movies. Do you want to watch Into the Wild or that movie about a bear with Charlton Heston? Juno? Um, and <laughs> No, that's not the same Juno. But for some that. reason, this was here. And I'm like, yeah. I know I have to watch this for 30, 20, 10. And I didn't know how much I had to watch it. Because if we do a year recap, yeah. this is the highest grossing film in America yeah. wow. for this 1987. Is, this is the example. Three when, Men and a Baby. When I'm talking about like movie phases mm-hmm. and like movies that are big now and like how every year it's like five Avengers movies and three other Disney movies, mm-hmm. I always say 1987, Three Men and a Baby was the highest grossing movie mm-hmm. that year. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's relevance is a little gone, but someone had posted something about just the lazy titling of TV episodes, mm-hmm. and if you could somehow research how many TV episodes start with three men and a, yeah. that <laughs> comes the from Simpsons this. Did it. They did. Three, they three did. Men in a comic book. And, oh yeah. And this is uh, and holy shit, directed by Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy. Oh, wow. And the I I can't think of a more 1987 idea than Leonard Nimoy bossing around Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, <laughs> and uh, Tom Selleck. Well, he knows about child rearing. He wrote that book about it. <laughs> And, and ah. sure. and what, his Are you mo- under forty? You don't, then you'll probably yes. get you probably won't get that joke. Yeah, but and then her, his previous movie would have been Star Trek Star Four Trek, that yeah. we talked about. So he's going to and hit he, to hit. He to didn't hit, really man. do anything after this, and I'm not really sure why. This spawned a sequel. It's based on a French film. It is doesn't hold up very well. I was struck immediately. There is way more heroin in this family comedy than I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. always the thing. Uh, right. There's a lot of heroin here. The, Our, the, wait, which one of the three is using it? The premise <laughs> is there are these three dudes, Ted Danson, mm-hmm. Steve Gutenberg, and Thompson, like they all live in an apartment together. And Ted Danson's an actor, and he's off on a trip. And he's like, hey, guys, I have a package that's going to show up uh, from my producer friend. Please keep it under wraps uh, and don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. So while Ted Danson is gone, a baby shows up at the doorstep, and they decide not to tell anybody and keep his mm-hmm. secret, as friends do. And then eventually it's revealed, no, there was actually a bunch of heroin coming, so when these gangsters show up and they try and hand them a baby, nobody Ah. knows... And I think it's eventually revealed who the father actually is, but it's kind of a mystery the heroin. whole time. Heroin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just way more heroin in a movie I watched as a child. Wait, what's... What happened to the heroine? I, I'm trying to remember exactly. They do it all. It's a horrifying yeah. scene. <laughs> in front of the baby. And then they um, see the baby go on the ceiling and turn around. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I was also struck by... Well, I was watching with my lady in bed, and she had to remind me, like, 
Ted Danson and Steve and uh, not Steve Gutenberg and Tom Selleck are like the sexiest they've ever been. The 1980s mm-hmm. sexiest Ted they've Danson ever right been. Now is pretty fucking <laughs> sexy. Ever been. I don't know if you watch. I uh, never thought of, the... of him as an attractive man. He looks like a young Frankenstein. Yeah. He but does. He, but that's, it's part of why. What's so hot about it? Like he like and I love just him. His head shape because no one else is shaped that way. Yes. <laughs> like his giant forehead that he uses to protect uh, Mary Steenburgen from the rain. And I think that's what will uh, protect it from certain. I, for lack of a better word misogynistic criticisms because the whole premise is like do what if guys try to take care These of a baby fuck. <laughs> like that but that's that's all the jokes yeah. they just don't know how to do it and like yeah. dude i've changed I, i've done all this shit i've heated up <laughs> bottles like this isn't hard to do it's like three mr moms but yeah. it was so out of the ordinary in 1987 they made a whole movie about it and that's where most of the comedy comes from the fact that these guys they can't do anything yeah. right with it the well they're supposed they're bachelors mm-hmm. and have jobs and a kid the kid throws out all mm-hmm. into disarray oh, but right. usually those movies like mr mom and things like that not always but sometimes mm-hmm. the idea would be like no women are fucking getting it yeah. and dudes mm-hmm. are not getting as much as yeah. we used to but not in a misogynistic shit also yeah, in not, a, misogyny is not the right word yeah, but like yeah, the pre- also like, in a like please sweetie go make money and i will watch the kids like do that you I'm, should do that my yeah, girlfriend no, i feel like it's it's more the idea of that men don't understand how much work women will put yeah, in. Yeah, also that, yeah. Like, oh my realize, God. Oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing. It turns out this is really hard. I, my <laughs> girlfriend, it wasn't totally her experience, but it was more to like roll her eyes at the jokes that mm-hmm. like a man shouldn't be expected to do this mm-hmm. nowadays. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a group effort for goddamn babies. Yeah. Uh, housewives mm-hmm. don't exist. You, everybody's got to do everything. And the fact that I know how to do it and I don't have any children, it's just like, Jesus Christ, this yeah. is not, this, some no, of this doesn't hold up. They don't have any nieces and nephews. They don't have any friends that have had babies yet. But there's a gangster Why plot not? as well. And, and a gangster That and seems really out of place. It's, yeah. People always forget that. And yeah. um, Are they back for a uh, little lady? Uh, who? Oh, I, don't, I do not remember. I know I saw out of jail the heroin, now. but I know it was so big. We all saw that movie in the theater and I don't remember a fucking second hmm. of it. But this movie was so unbelievably popular and I never see it rerun it, planes trains and automobiles will get rerun way more than three men and a baby yep. and of course this is so notable it makes me feel so fucking old for the fucking ghost sighting in the movie <laughs> yeah it's 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 mentioned in tandem with this movie almost everywhere probably has been talked about more than the actual plot yeah, of the movie it's, it's the more notable Be- part of it I had taped and I, I if I could have gone back to Florida I would have tried to find it it was just a, a network TV special about ghosts and three men and a baby is mentioned because of a scene of a ghostly child hiding behind a curtain yeah. Snopes has a whole article about it. It is the People most. Say it's just a Ted Danson standee. You can clearly like see it, in other, it, like when it's in HD, and like, oh, and that's a Ted Danson standee. Yeah. And but for twenty years, the internet before the internet, they speculated over who this ghost it's is. The ghost from uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> come back. I take this off a of USA, and I can see a ghost in this. I would argue that it became more famous for that for most people. No, like it's getting written yeah. up in list articles. It's because there was a ghost in it. And it is so not a ghost. They have shots from other shots from the scene. It's clearly a Ted Danson standee mm-hmm. because he's a semi-famous actor. They all have the most fucking lucrative '80s jobs. I'm an architect. I'm a cartoonist. Yeah, why are they living together? Uh, it doesn't make any sense because if, yeah. if I, you had that much money, you probably wouldn't live together. Yeah. Is one of them a cartoonist? Uh, yes, Steve okay. Gutenberg. I'm is. planning a Laser Time episode about <laughs> why everyone in '80s and '90s TV shows and movies are cartoonists because I was told huh. by a cartoon historian why. Oh, it's in a cartoon mm-hmm. one video because they, they they don't have to go into work every day mm-hmm. because make a ton of money because other wall, so it's a good set. At a certain mm-hmm. point, it was the highest paid entertainment job in America. Wow, yeah. really? I don't know if it was the highest, but it was. He told me numbers, or I was like, holy shit. <laughs> But that's Three Men and a Baby. It's a fine film. Uh, I cannot, again, cannot believe it's directed by Leonard Nimoy. 
Uh, but he didn't direct Little Lady, right? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't okay. think he directed much. He, he took a long break from directing yeah, after that. There's a couple that. here and there, and that's about it. I bet he directed himself in that scene in Into Darkness, because there wasn't anyone else there. He just had his Skype webcam. and. <laughs> there, there was, I just read a light behind-the-scenes anecdote that like Ted Danson and Tom Selleck are coming off two shows that they're essentially like the central Huge. figureheads yeah. of, yeah. and they have Leonard Nimoy trying to tell them what to do when they're not being very receptive. It's in mm. Steve Gutenberg's book, actually, because he's like, he was really good with the actors, but like, you know, Ted Danson and Tom Selleck were like not listening to Leonard Nimoy. I'm like, why wasn't someone shooting this argument? <laughs> and Steve Gutenberg, so bad. Gutenberg's just ringoing it yeah. there. Just, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's but I, the, yeah. I think I've told this story about how I go to a, my favorite pizza place on Long Island. Uh, it's around the corner from the high school that I went to that Steve Gutenberg also went to. Uh, and uh, for a long time, they the dining room was basically a Steve Gutenberg shrine. So <laughs> you see, you can actually see the like the trajectory of his career. So it's like nineteen, like mid eighties. You get Police Academy, Short Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, like he is a big face on that poster. And then by the end, it's that dolphin Zeus movie, and, <laughs> and he's in the corner with someone else. <laughs> With while a dolphin and the Olsen twins uh, take center mm-hmm. stage. Uh, I'm looking up dire- uh, Leonard Nimoy's uh, directorial filmography. He directed a movie uh, the next year called The Good Mother, never heard of. Oh, no. Gene Wilder's Funny About Love, Ooh, never seen it. Holy that. Matrimony, and that's his last film. But in between that, I, this is shocking. He directed the Epcot short Body Wars. Whoa, he did? Yeah, like the essentially. I've yes. watched that thing so many times. No way. Yes, uh, I had no idea Leonard Nimoy was involved with that. Love you, Leonard Nimoy, but can we please get out of movies yes. and into television? Woohoo! Oh, God, more wrestling for Dave. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Oh, Diana. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, as we mentioned before, Thanksgiving is this week, and uh, in in the 80s, WWE actually ran a pay-per-view on Thanksgiving night, and that was like, I would go to my aunt's house and be like, okay, we're going to get... I don't want any of my wrestlers to see their families. Yeah, we're going to have dinner, <laughs> but then we're going to go... Then we're gonna then I'm get to watch a wrestling thing on TV. It's going to be so fun. Ah, for $60. And this was... By God, Grandma's got a ladle! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, November 26, 1987 was the first annual Survivor Series, wow. which is having its 30th edition this year. And this is notable because it has its own uh, sort of signature match. The Royal Rumble has its own match, mm-hmm. too. But So the Survivor Series, they are basically giant tag team matches where it's usually five on five, five guys versus five guys, and then you uh, someone gets pinned, they get eliminated from the match. And, you know, it makes for cool little, like, stories where, like, hey, this guy's it's down to one on five. Can this guy fight back? Or, like, this team is just so dominant they beat the entire team. And Wrestling logic, you can set up, like, a billion storylines Oh, it's so that good for that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this was the first ever. Uh, it was... This is also basically the second ever. They, they, the, the WWE had they, they had WrestleMania for three years, and they had this other thing called uh, the big event, which was like they never did it again. But this is the, basically the second annual pay-per-view that the WWE invented hmm. after WrestleMania. Wow. Uh, but yeah, uh, going off of WrestleMania a couple months ago, WrestleMania three, the main event of this was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant both leading teams against each other. Uh, and Andre the Giant won this time. Yeah. Uh, this is He's all- got a movie, that's why. Hooray. Yes, this is also notable because <laughs> this is one of many times that WCW and WWE, they're called NWA at the time, but WCW... They they were gonna run a show this night. They were gonna run Star or yeah Classic. Starcade, and that was their big that was their WrestleMania basically. And mm-hmm. Vince McMahon went to a lot of cable providers and said, "Look, you can run if you run Starcade instead of Survivor Series tonight, 
you're not getting WrestleMania next year. So a lot of cable providers were wow. like, "Up, well, sorry, we're we're gonna run Survivor Series and not Starcade." And then, but then WCW would fire back the next year. You know, we'll probably talk about it more then. But they would run a free uh, on TBS uh, wrestling event the same night as WrestleMania Four next year. So uh-huh. uh, Starcade yeah. was also the first TV show about video games. Uh-huh. Game show yeah. too, yeah, the game show. But uh, yeah, I, it's always fun. Like sometimes the stories behind the wrestling events are just like well, we talked about a couple weeks ago with Survivor Series 1997 with the whole Bret Hart thing. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the stories behind the pay per views are just as entertaining oh, as yeah. pay per views themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, also the night before the 25th Perfect Strangers episode Future Shock airs uh, we talk about that show a lot because it's so yeah. goofy and did so many goofy dumb things I this think is, it was yeah. sort of a gateway show for me into sitcoms because yeah. I didn't like anything but cartoons but what Balky started was, TGIF yeah and Balky was such a cartoon character it was really easy for me to like yeah. yep. don't be and ridiculous and it just, it just came back uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago the uh uh, Perfect Stranger Things on uh, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, great. They both came back. It was fun. So in this episode, uh, Larry basically, he's like worried about his life and his girlfriend and stuff. And he, he falls asleep and he wakes up in the future where he's just an old, sad, bald man. He's still living with Balky. And we have a, a clip from the ad here. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh-oh. I want to see what he looks like. Wednesday. I'm not as cute as I used to be. Larry's in for a future shot. Hi, Larry. It's a special Perfect Stranger. It's had to show a little dignity. Then. God, Bronson Pichot mm-hmm. looks fucking suave. <laughs> Silver he does. Fox. He's like a, and he, you know, he looks pretty good now. Yeah. You, yeah. You see him. yeah, he looks really good. And there's uh, no will they, will they, won't they on this. Like, second season, he's already <laughs> met like the the lady that he marries at, at the end of the show. Yeah. And I think Balky meets his girlfriend the same way. Like, they're friends or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, and on the 26th, uh, there's a... Th- I've Ooh. never seen this, but I was as I was researching it, apparently mm-hmm. it is a staple for some people. Uh, the C- uh, CBS 1978 Bugs Bunny Thanksgiving what? special called Bugs Bunny's Thanksgiving Diet. I have never seen this, and I, I think I have. I track these <laughs> fucking things. I'm sure it's a collection of... It came out on DVD, mm. uh, so that's when I was like, I guess somebody knows this, but I've mm. never seen this in my life. It's one of the originally animated shitty mm. 70s TV Oof. Warner Brothers yeah. cartoons we're Oof. very familiar with. This is the during that... It's the worst period. Essentially, they fired all their animators. They started their own companies, and they paid less money to their old animators at their new companies to create. It's fine for television, but it's not what the Looney Tunes were known for. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also like around the same time, you know, you're getting uh, Chuck Jones making The mm -hmm. Grinch and stuff, which is way better. Uh, And it was also followed by one that that's I can find zero uh, Mm -hmm. information about this. Just the next half hour just says Mm -hmm. Daffy Duck. I don't know what happens. Huh? <laughs> I guess it could be Daffy huh. Shorts or whatever, but I have a clip here uh, from it. It's a very loud clip, so let's be careful. Mm-hmm. At this time of year, we doctors live off the fat of the land. Uh, let's see. If I was to incorporate and deduct my condominium, I could afford my loss on that Tijuana carrot mine. Come in. Come in. Sheesh. Six months of medical school, and I still got to do everything around here myself. Come in. Come in. Hey, big boy. Lately, I just can't seem to stop eating. Something is missing from my life. Something I must be substituting for. It's, Whoa! Has anybody ever got an erection from June Foray June before? June Foray, the horniest bunny yeah. until Lola. Oh, that uh, is Thirsty so, the Bunny. <laughs> yeah. What so a hilarious She basically video. walked into his office naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, Bugs is a doctor, and he's wearing he's, the doctor thing on his head. Even, and yeah. the Bugs scrubs. is naked for most of his life, but when he's a doctor, Jesus. he has to class it up. Oh, Blank sounds so old. <laughs> 
And this this anim- uh, animation yeah, this is so limited. They, he, Bugs isn't even moving. He's sitting behind a desk. He's behind a desk, a desk where like the chair's not even pulled oh. out. Bugs is just pasted oh. onto it. It's very and that whole thing we just watched like that's like a, it's more than I expected you to play. And it's just like Bugs being like going over his finances for yeah. the year and talking about it. We gotta scroll down this list. Yeah, Bugs Bunny owns a condo and is a doctor. Like, oh. what, the, what are you doing? Yeah, Warner I don't like Brothers? this. Bugs. I love Bugs Bunny. So very much, people, that if you listen to Laser Time, our sister show on this very network, that we will have a Looney Tunes celebration sometime in the month of December that you're going to love. Ooh. Please tell me there's someone out there who loves the Looney Tunes as much as me. <laughs> They're all uh, dead. Uh, <laughs> but on night on uh, the 27th, The Wonderful World of Disney airs Disney's Celebrity Circus, Uh-oh. which is a crazy special that I've seen many clips from before, but for some reason couldn't find the actual... The actual so every Disney Park special is on YouTube except this one, I guess. Mm. Uh, so first we'll we'll hear a clip from the ad. Jay Leno will return with Corbin Burson, <laughs> John Hancock, and Charlie Chee. What? I wanted to leave that in there. NBC's Thanksgiving comedy weekend continues Friday. Join the fun at Disney Celebrity Circus with Tony Randall, Lisa Bonet, Malcolm Jamal Warner, and more of your favorite hey! stars. Then call them slobs. Call them jerks. Just don't call them when you're in trouble. Police Academy Friday. I wow. Friday. I'm like legit mad. That went from like Disney to Police Academy, but they use Goofy's falling sound sound oh, effects. Uh, yeah. How dare you? But they that was a, it's big, a rated R movie. That was a big get for them to put in Police Academy. What if night. they aired the the racial slur at the end of Police Academy? <laughs> probably. I mean, there's there's you know, some mildly rapey <laughs> stuff in there too that they yeah, probably want to cut out. And a lot but, of blowjobs. <laughs> How'd they get that on TV? I gotta. So, I, gotta no, I, I want to see the edit now. Yeah. But uh, this this uh, it's a very interesting, very goofy. All the old Disney Park specials are goofy. If anyone's mm-hmm. ever seen uh, Lisa Bonet walking around Disney World, they don't talking mention about, Ernest. They show well, them in the they, clip. They will in a second. But like Lisa Bonet is walking around Disney World talking about how much all the Disney characters love pizza. Yeah. So she keeps saying, what? like, she, she, she's like, they love pizza. They love pizza. They'll do anything for pizza. Like, she's on something and doesn't care. <laughs> I'm <laughs> on the wrong network. How did I get here? Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Exactly. She's on the same stuff Sonny Bono was on a couple yes. of weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. I wonder uh, if this... Uh, Brett was talking about uh, episode 250 of Laser Time mm-hmm. was about Ernest. Yeah. And he mentioned something about how, like... Jim Varney did a Disney thing, and then Disney people discovered him, yeah. and that's how he got all those movies. Yeah, it's that, that rough that... history and oh, that was before. Yeah, this, and, and Disney yeah. with Disney didn't have a lot going on. It's it's one of the few things they've made with something they don't own mm. to and license Ernest because he, he was, was more popular than Mickey at the time. He was the first person to ride what ride? It's Bash Mountain. Yes. It's a great special. Oh, I love it so very it's much. Hilarious. Uh, uh, you, can, you can see a lot of clips well, from that. He's the first person that lived. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. There were they, there were plenty of test dummies. Big cover up. Yeah. So, but for some reason, the specials only available fully in Spanish oh. I guess it was dubbed in Spanish uh, and the best part of these specials is always Circus in... de Celebridad <laughs> <laughs> the best part of these specials is always the beginning when they're like Malcolm Jamal Warner mm-hmm. Lisa Bonet so let's hear some of that in Spanish de a en war Lisa Bonet el señor Tutbol también conocido como Tim Conway de The Facts of Life Kim Fields el mejor amigo de Bern Jim Barney, <laughs> en el show de Bill Cosby, Malcolm Jamal Warner. El circo presenta a los equilibristas más fabulosos de Inglaterra, los Andrews. The Andrews. 
Bellow Knock el Payaso. Bellow Knock the Clown shouldn't get mentioned after Ernest. Jim Varney, that is my favorite thing in the universe. And did you hear what he called him? No. He said, uh, like, El Amigo del Vern. Yeah. <laughs> wow, friend yeah. of Vern. Yeah, Vern Cosby. Vern's, Vern's best friend. Yeah. Ernesto. And, uh, and I love that, the, just the amount of tracking on that. Yes. It's yeah. so 1980s. So great. Recorded in, you know, Central America somewhere. Yeah, uh, run and, through the Steve Brule filter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Malcolm Yamal Warner. I was, um, uh, this is just a total tangent, but I was um, one of the leads in a dinner theater detective show for a while, and I was one of the two detectives, and we would come up with different names for us that were like bits, mm-hmm. and the one we were most fond of was, uh, I'm Malcolm, he's Jamal, and we're the Warner Brothers. And <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so then, uh, on the 28th, the last episode of the new Adventures of Beans Baxter. Mm-hmm. There are no old Adventures of Beans <laughs> Baxter. This is the only show. This is one of those, like, Fox, like, just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall. Like, yeah, totally. Is, it, is this a new show? Is this a new show? Okay, yeah. no, 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 but this no. Is one of, children, though. This is Fox going for the teen market, yeah. so it's not that raunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was interesting for 87 to see from yeah. them. Uh, and it was one season of 17 episodes. Bean Baxter is uh, he's a teenager, and his mailman dad disappears. Turns out his dad was a freaking secret agent, so it's, uh, it's James Bond Jr. Uh, and then Beans gets involved in the secret agent thing and starts like going on adventures and stuff for 17 episodes. And we have a clip here. like your typical teenager, but this kid has one of the most dangerous after-school jobs going. I should know. I'm Baxter's boss. The government calls me number two. Shit. Uh, <laughs> we totally played this before. Uh, I think yeah. we probably Have did we? around the yeah. premiere. Oh, yeah. and it premiered? That's my favorite. Beans my favorite Baxter. way of show's opening is always like, hi, I'm Ted. And that's the star this, of the show, Bill. This is me. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is me. You're you not going to care what I have to say. Uh, <laughs> but that—that that is it for the television, for yeah. the games. Jesus Christ, side pockets. Yeah, on NES. slow month for the NES. Is uh, that a billiards game? Yep, it's huh. a uh, pool game. Which uh, I think the series still exists. Mm. Like I think Taito made it, and then it just became a different series. And then, like I saw that there is a mobile side pocket game. Mm. So was there one on the N gauge? <laughs> can you uh, can you do side, side, talk. side talk on my side, side, side that talking. but as for music we got new releases by Keith Sweat his debut Make It Last Forever uh, oh my it god Canciones de mi Padre by Linda Ronstadt Canciones de mi Padre Canciones de mi Padre by Linda Ronstadt an album of traditional wow. mariachi songs and the highest selling non what wow yeah, non-English album in the US huge. ever Huge Holy hit. Shit, more than yeah. Mongolian throat singers? <laughs> more than that, but more than like Selena? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's Linda why. Ronstadt singing traditional mariachi songs. And I mean, she's got such an yeah. incredible voice. Wow. And, but I remember I listened to this with my mom in the car so many times. That sounds incredible. And it's really, no, but it's really good. Okay. That's why she wanted to sing the Plow King song in Spanish. That's why she sings it in Spanish. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Squeezing all the Simpsons Mr. Plow no es macho and something something. <laughs> but solamente uno borracho. But it wasn't number one because Billy Idol was with his cover of Money Money. Yeah, his yeah. cover. I, so, I mean, I'm trying to keep with the, putting every number one in yeah. here as mm-hmm. we do, but I, we need some canciones de mi padre. Yeah. Right. That says but, Bill Idol. <laughs> I'm please, uh, please, Bill Idol. my father's name. I'm Bill. Billy. Have a seat. <laughs> Bill Idol lives in Florida. I'm Billy Idol. <laughs> so you want to close out with uh, Casiodes? <laughs> ah, let's do Moni Moni. People yeah, know Moni, that song. Moni. But when Wait, we come back, um, Moni Moni. 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 <laughs> by, by who though? I have no Another idea. By the guy. who? 1950s nostalgia. Yeah. By the band. Yeah. Uh, but he, he made something. We'll find out the yeah. answer to that when we come back in 1997. Uh, we will see you very soon.
30, 20, 10 a nights. That's terrible. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know what's not terrible? No. The recent slate of articles on lasertimepodcast.com, many of which were inspired by 302010. You hear that, Michael? Yes. yes. Michael's here. Whoa! Oh, rare, edit, edit, a rare appearance. Editorial. Yes. People still care about writing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's true. It's hard to believe, but yes. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we write stuff, but our the Laser Time community has been so awesome lately about writing cool things inspired by anniversaries that we've talked about on this very show. Yeah. Like Alex Crum. Who uh, who had a bunch of personal stories from Diddy Kong Racing to celebrate that game's 20th anniversary? It hit number one on the Nintendo subreddit for a couple hours, maybe even a whole day. Like Atta it was, boy, yeah, I, I love that article because just because it's like it is like a year long personal journey <laughs> with Donkey Kong, sorry, game. Diddy Kong Racing as the crux of it. It's a huge game, and I played yeah. a ton of it. Yeah. Um, this is actually not anniversary based, but actually, it, maybe it's always anniversary based because mm-hmm. you should always be celebrating some anniversary. Dave's been drinking. You can mm-hmm. ABCSA always be yes. celebrating some anniversary. You should always be celebrating some anniversary for Rabbit Loja. And Aaron Chados wrote an article about the weirdest comments on the Robert Loja Minute Maid commercial on YouTube. It yeah. is. It is a great de- deconstruction of YouTube comments in general, but it's also a great celebration of Robert Loja, Loja who we did a episode about of Laser Time a couple it's weeks okay. ago. okay! <laughs> <laughs> also, um, Andrew Giacchetti wrote what well, may be the longest article ever on LaserTimePodcast.com, but it is so worth it. He's either has a degree in psychology or is very well versed in it because he wrote a very deep dive on the psychology of Hank Hill. <laughs> What? The like his, his, his acts over the entire run of King of the Hill and how they relate to like popular like you know popular uh, ideas when it comes to psychology and things like that. It is psychiatry's it, all toilet thoughts. <laughs> way way more of a, of a character dive than you've ever read on on Hank Hill and King of the Hill in general. And I've really enjoyed Damn. like looking over it and editing it, and I hope that you enjoy reading it. Hank Hill is also one of those. Even though we talk about uh, the tw- like 20th anniversary of this yes. uh, King of the Hill episode and that King of the Hill episode, Hank Hill is timeless, mm-hmm. and it will always be worth talking about. But a nice Archie Bunker. Yes. <laughs> if you want to similarly give your thoughts mm-hmm. on a certain pop culture anniversary, just join the Laser Time community on Facebook. Around this time, I will have posted the list of December anniversaries, so you guys can jump in there, talk about your particular favorite uh, December anniversary and uh, yeah, it goes beyond the 10, 20, 30 mm-hmm. anniversaries. I, uh, there's, you want to talk about the 25th anniversary or something? Go right ahead. If there's no anniversary for something you want to talk about, go right ahead and contact me. Yeah. Contact us, lasertimesubmissions at gmail.com. Yeah, we're trying to do more of that too, and we really appreciate the help from other people because uh, you yeah. see from the show, some things fall through the cracks. You know more things than we do. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go to bat for some things, this is a good way to do it. Yes. Yeah. Let's stop talking about written anniversaries and let's, let's get back into talking about anniversaries. Oh, you know we're coming in with Will Smith's Miami off a of Big Willie style. Or should I? Oh. Miami. Welcome to 1997. Benvenido, <laughs> 1997. The yes. most expensive music video ever made. I don't know that it's. I don't know ever, if it still is. But we just went through it at the time it was. 
why? We just went. Yeah. There's some effects in it, but like it's those effects, it's those morphing. It's like people effects. walking on a street, driving around in a car. There's a helicopter yeah. shot of yeah. a boat. Hey, but the first time you do that, so that, you got to figure that out. That how Michael to do Jackson it. black and white sort of cut. Yes, I, yeah. I think that was probably a little bit. That was also, and it does huge, have the yeah. narcissistic interlude where like the music just cuts out, and you hear some other stuff we shot in the <laughs> middle of this song. <laughs> yeah. He never set foot in Miami. But yeah, that's <laughs> off a of Big Willie Silent, inexplicable hit uh, as Will Smith raps over and the beat goes on. It's explicable in that he was in like the biggest summer movie for like three straight years yeah. and then did this album Big yeah, Willie Weekend yeah. it was huge but we also have it's new July 4th Big uh-huh. Weekend. oh yeah <laughs> we also have some new releases uh, sh- uh, what is this Somber Eyes in the Sky by Shadows Fall Are You Still Down Remember Me by Tupac uh, Stupid 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 by Black Grape Open Your Eyes by Yes All Saints self-titled debut Sevens by Garth Brooks Left of the Middle by Natalie and Natalie and Bruglia's, de- Natalie and Bruglia's de- debut with Torn uh, which is in our Laser Time episode, Songs You Didn't Know Were Covers. That's totally a cover. Yep. Uh, it eclipsed the original song. And of course, Candle in the Wind oh. 97 is still number Miami one. Miami didn't unseat Candle in the Wind. Still number one. It's, it's only been a week. Give it some time. Give it some time. But it's 1997. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. The 24th through the 30th, uh, 1997. This is one of my favorite Thanksgivings. Why is that? You can remember specifically? I remember this one specifically because, as I've said, I was an exchange student, mm-hmm. so I was over in the UK, and me and a couple of the other Americans decided, oh. let's do Thanksgiving. Let's do Thanksgiving for the Brits, you know, because mm. they've been, all, all our, like, dorm mates and stuff have been really cool, so this will be fun. So uh, it started out at something like 9.30, 10 in the morning. A bunch of us, or three of us, went down to the big supermarket, the big Sainsbury's, uh, and <laughs> had to like get everything we could really fast before we had to go to class and stuff. So we terrorized this poor Sainsbury's <laughs> so much. It's all like little old ladies in there. Mm-hmm. And we were literally running up and down the aisle screaming like, where the fuck do these fuckers keep cranberries? <laughs> and like, we bought all of the yams in the store because they didn't overstock because no one does it. Yeah, it was lots of, oh my God. Yeah, we got like three turkeys <laughs> and I had to like put it in the sink that was in my room to mm-hmm. defrost. So it just <laughs> sat there for, and like the bloody water like came out of it and got on one of my books. Oof. And yeah, it was just, it was chaos. And we ended up having, I don't know, like 40 people in and had this giant Thanksgiving and it was like so much fun except that I didn't get to sleep that night because someone got really drunk and was like in the window in the dorm room under mine and was barfing out the window super loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm you, like, get, you, you always get drunk the night before Thanksgiving. Do you do? Yeah, but I was yeah. like, motherfucker, you're throwing up the food I made. All right. <laughs> I didn't waste. make those turkeys. Yeah. Actually, no, that's the thing. Like the night before Thanksgiving is one of like the biggest party days of the year because everyone yeah. has come home from high school yeah. and they go to a local bar and they get tanked. And Thanksgiving's yeah. all hangover food. Yeah. It's all carbs you, and, and if you, yeah, huh, if, if no, you're it's... a college kid go home for Thanksgiving, your family's just happy to see you. You can be hung over as shit the whole day and then you get like all this miracle food that saves you. Yeah, and you're not paying for anything that week. Yeah. You're not paying for food or whatever, so you might as well spend it on yep, booze. Yep. <laughs> that all track. Uh, it was great. That's Diana's memory, yeah. but if there's anybody listening, you might remember this. Uh, <laughs> what high winds at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade killed the Barney balloon. Yeah. Died in front of everybody's eyes. The cat in the hat takes out a lamppost and puts a woman in a month-long coma. Ooh, with wow. a- oh, she oh. missed Christmas. What? <laughs> And other stuff ruined too. Ruined this woman's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Second worst thing involving Cat in the Hat. I don't know why I bothered to, to tease this. I you would go. To, I, I I went like twice. It's a New Yorker. Yeah. Um. I I will be in New York this Thanksgiving. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is exactly what I'll be doing. I've yeah. always wanted to see. I hate the parades, parade. but I would totally go to this parade. Yeah, yeah dude. I want to see if because I can... it is. It's okay on TV, but it's so much better in person because you don't have to deal with like stupid. Broadway musical numbers. Yeah, yeah, Broadway musical numbers, which, look, you know, they're fine, but I... 
that's not what I want to see. I want to see giant balloons. And then also, like, like stupid newscasters making dumb jokes. Even though it'll be like, you know, I'll be able to see how old I've gotten by how many characters I don't oh, yeah, recognize in balloons. You're not going to recognize anyone hey, anymore. Hey, Funky! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's the Phineas and Ferb balloon. Oh, no. Uh, but movies of 1997, uh, Bent with Clive Owen and Ian McKellen. Uh, yeah, this is a super bummer of a movie. Uh, it is adapted from a play, and it is about uh, homosexuals in a concentration camp. Oh. Jesus Christ, that covers yeah. two depressing Bases. Was that why it's oh, called yeah. bent? Because of the English yes. slang? Oh, because yes. I was like, I was like, I bet this is a. I was expecting this to be like a cool, fun '90s gay movie, and then you tell me it's oh, a no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, Clive Owen and Ian McKellen. Oh man, how to talk about this movie? You're probably mm-hmm. expecting this. Uh, this franchise fans: uh, mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver, Winona Ryder, Ron Perlman, Michael Wincott, Brad uh, Dourif, uh Dan Adaya, <laughs> and some other people uh, in a people. movie. I think a ton of people have come around on. Who are you? Ripley Ellen, Lieutenant First Class, number 36706. Ellen Ripley died 200 years ago. You're a thing, a construct. They grew you in a lab. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, seeing Dan Hedaya in a sci fi anything is so funny. I love Dan Hedaya. Uh, this uh, personal anecdote, sad story. This was my first alien movie in the oh, theater. No. Uh, and I to go but up, and I I hated it, and t- it took me another ten years to bother to step into the franchise again. Oh. I I don't I see a lot of people who like this movie now. Um, yeah, yeah, there's some stuff I kind of yeah, like. It's got, it's got its moments. There's stuff I think if like you're a it. tried and true Alien fan, it, worse things have happened at this point. So mm. uh, so it, it might be, I don't know. You might like it. It's got a cool director. To, uh, what is it? John Pierre Genou just did mm-hmm. City of Lost Children yes. with Ron Perlman, a yep. movie I've watched like three, four times and don't remember anything of but is visually gorgeous as is this movie but I think it's one of the first uh, one of the first on-screen credits from writer Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask if this is the Joss Whedon one. It, it is. It is. But he's actually oh. credited where he's, he's not credited in Toy Story and Speed, I don't think. And X-Men. Right. Yeah. Because he did, like, punch he did up some punch-up oh, there. No, you can, tell this is, you can tell this is Joss Whedon because uh, it's kind of like a Firefly prequel. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, because Ron Perlman and all those guys are basically space cowboys, and they have a very similar dynamic. Not as wacky funny as Firefly, mm. but the bones are there. There's some quips. So I don't want to. I don't want to shit on an alien movie you guys like, because I, hey, I'm as sick of your comments saying I'm too mean to everything you like as you are writing them. All that's uh, a good show, Chris. But I'll let Joss. I'll, I'll use Joss Whedon, uh, his, his blurb on what he said about Alien Resurrection. Uh, it wasn't a question of doing everything differently, although they changed the ending. It was more of a matter of doing everything wrong. They said the lines, mostly, but they said them all wrong. And they <laughs> cast it wrong, and they designed yes. it wrong, and they scored it wrong. They did everything wrong that you could possibly do. There's actually a fascinating lesson in filmmaking, because everything that they did reflects back to the script or looks like something from the script, and people assume that I, if I hated it, that they that they changed the script. But it wasn't so much that they changed the script, it was that they executed it in such a ghastly fashion as to almost <laughs> render it unwatchable. So, yeah. Wasn't yeah. his pitch also different? Is this the one that was supposed to take place on Earth, or was it the fourth one? Mm. Uh, yes, there, I think there was supposed to be one. a final battle on Earth, but but it's like yeah, third. I, I meant third. I, this is my introduction to Ripley, and I'm told she's been dead for years. This is a clone, and you're pregnant with an alien. Like, this is not what I thought this series was at all. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, but I have very very vague memories of it. I'd be interested to check it out now. Now that I'm at a point, having watched them back to back, 
I, I even have fondness for three, which is a total fucking mess. Mm. Uh, but Jesus, hopefully we'll get that uh, Neil Blomkamp sequel someday. Yeah, Blomkamp, I, I did I say like it right? There's, there's some good stuff in here. It's always bothered me when Ona Ryder's casting is is real bad. It was the oddest thing I think she ever turned up in. Yeah, it she, just doesn't seem right because we find out like she's an android mm-hmm. that was designed by androids. Like, why would androids design? <laughs> Why? I mean, <laughs> and believe me, I got no problems with Nona Ryder. I love they just Heather, really like Heather's. hands. <laughs> I just don't quite understand that at all. But it didn't score at the box office as big as this number Yay. one hit. Jesus. Ugh. Oh, no. On the most important day of his life, <laughs> Philip Brainerd, the world's most absent-minded professor, made a few little mistakes. <laughs> Oops. What a bang. And one gigantic flub. <laughs> Flubber. Flubber? What's Sounds this? like baby shit. <laughs> Why is that always the music? <laughs> What's this? What's this? It's Flubber it's everywhere. I'm much more comfortable with Disney remaking their live action movies because they're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. And growing up, like when you you see Disney montages on the Disney Channel or Magical World of Disney, they always like led with Fred McMurray flying around in a fucking jalopy from absent-minded professor which they treated like a revered movie i don't think anybody remembers that movie now but it did get a sequel and eventually a remake with robin williams john hughes wrote the script so he's here he made it in two segments good for him i did not like this movie in hindsight uh having moved here and learning a lot about robin williams after his tragic passing he, uh, he lived in the bay area he, he mm-hmm. didn't like being out in la and I, like there are a lot of movies set in San Francisco in the Bay Area yeah. that Robin Williams is in. I was almost an extra in this movie. No shit! Uh, yeah, they, what they, happened? They, they cast it? I, I, no, I just I had way too many classes I could not get away from. But no, they did some extras casting for uh, I guess there's a there's a basketball game in this. Yeah, they, they, so, well, they, they just like in the old movie, they put Flubber on their shoes so they can jump real yes. high. Oh, right. those sequences! I yeah, love so that. They, 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 they needed game. yeah, they needed like a college age crowd, so they went to my college and and were. <laughs> Casting, and I was so I really was like shit, but I've got like a I got like you, a final or something I could not miss. You had the opportunity, I know, to be a member of Medfield College, Disney Cinematic Universe's Shield, by the way. <laughs> Medfield is the college in the Shaggy DA is that and the, the computer mule? wore tennis shoes. And no, it's not it's not the Mule, but it's the oh. college in town they use in all their live action movies from like this the fifties to the seventies. Cool. I love that, and it's here. T- you could have been a member of Medfield. That's like being a member of Shield, Diana. Yeah. God damn it. When uh this is I mean, this is an urban legend, people say it's not true, but the last thing Walt Disney ever did was write down Diana Goodman on a piece of paper. It's true, yeah. it's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, he hacked it through he a, one last cigarette. All right, I was I was <laughs> eight. Fit. This movie was awesome. This movie <laughs> was so much fun to watch as a kid. Because it's it's the genie, it's the guy from Toys, it's the guy from Hook, mm-hmm. fucking jumping around and he's got and he's got flubber in there, and it's all so sad at the end because you know he leaves Does the it. flubber die. Uh, the flubber kind of <laughs> dies. Huh. They reference the Simpsons. The Simpsons are seen for a second in this mm-hmm. film. Wow. Uh, it's yeah. The uh, he has a like a robot wife that's like a little floating, basically Eve from uh, Wally, and she has a TV screen that she like talks with. Uh, this, so- this movie sounds like you wrote it at eight years old. <laughs> I might have. I don't know. And, and, and then the, the thing makes it jump high. And, <laughs> and then it looks like it come what, out his butt. His wife is a robot. Yeah, he's a sexy flub, robot. Flub. 
this movie, it's a horrible kids movie, but yeah. when you're a dumbass kid, who cares? Like, it's just fun. It's I'm sure it's awful, but, like, you know, everyone my age at this time was watching it again and again. I think it had a green VHS. It, it may have. I mean, it's got a giant green poster and cover. Um, yeah. Man. Yeah, I had a plush of the flubber that I think came from uh, McDonald's. I feel like I feel like I've seen this and didn't like it, but I'm actually not sure because mm-hmm. up until it's Robin Williams' death, there was there was a lot of his catalog. I just was disgusted by. Well, it this is when of... like adults did not like Robin Williams anymore. Like, there's a movie yeah. we're going to talk about soon that a lot of people got back on board with him, but he was <laughs> oh, yeah. making like. He was making shit ass movies a lot, yeah. and a lot of them for Disney. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is his. This, this is his we're mending about next week for Disney fans. This is Robin Williams mending his fences with Disney after oh. the Aladdin fiasco, right? Yeah, because uh, Disney had gotten him a couple Oscar nominations, yeah. and then they then they made Aladdin, then they fucked up his contract, mm-hmm. and then which wasn't technically in his contract, which is how they got around that, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, that president left. The new president sent him a nice little letter, and then he came back they and made... bought him a Picasso painting. bought him a million-dollar a... Picasso painting, Ooh, and he nice. still wouldn't do it. That, yeah. that, did, that didn't move the needle at all. And it that, wasn't until Jeffrey Katzenberg left. Crazy trivia I was reading about this. This was supposed to be a Spielberg joint, but he's like, I only want to do this with Robin Williams, and he won't work for Disney. So he left the project, and uh-huh. eventually Robin Williams came back to the project, and there's a little E.T. reference in the film. But uh, it should have been. A, That's right. There is. Yeah, it should have been. A, it should have been a Spielberg. So I, when you say stuff like the Simpsons are in it, I'm like those sound like Spielberg touches. <laughs> like that may have been left in the fi- the film. There may be a Jurassic Park reference. Yeah. Well, that's that's Flubber. We yeah. have Christopher McDonald, also uh, the perfect Shooter person McGavin. to cast as Shooter, uh, McGavin. Shooter McGavin. If you need to cast someone as Paul Manafort, perfect. <laughs> Christopher McDonald. Uh, but that wraps up the movies <laughs> of 1997. Uh, but if we're going into what is it, November twenty fourth through the thirtieth, television, TV. Let's see if you can guess this. Uh, this this finale from its theme song, Diana. <laughs> That would be Power Rangers Turbo. Is that the actual sound, or is someone adding that tell. sound? Yeah, it might be a VHS transcription, but it's Power Rangers oh, Turbo, God which takes sounds. a bow after 45 episodes. This is where I stopped watching it. I stopped watching it when you the movie came out. No, mm. I, dude, I was when I when I started watching Power Rangers, I was too old for yeah, it. It was like too. 1993 or four, so I was like, I was in middle school, going into high school, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, I love the Power Rangers. I love like, yeah, it's basically like wrestling. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, superhero show, and like people, other people in my grade were watching it too. Mm-hmm. And then came the Power Rangers movie, mm-hmm. the power, the second Power Rangers movie, Which Power is Rangers Turbo, crazy. And one of the things in the movie <laughs> is like a ten-year-old kid becomes kid. a Power Ranger, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm too old for this. <laughs> I'm too old. I can't, I, I can't, I can kids. live vicariously through the high school students, but not a fucking ten-year-old. That's yeah. Yeah. oh, I there's your like, audience surrogate, you dumbass. And this is really the start of the Power Rangers not being quite a phenomenon anymore. Like Power Rangers are still around, they're still popular, but, but also the annual this big. the annual refresh. We did yeah. a whole laser time with our right. buddy Brett Elson about the history of the Power Rangers, yeah. and after this, like yeah, every year they change the formula. Yeah. Of oh, Power and Rangers. It, yeah, it also becomes way more outlandish. Like even mm-hmm. at this point, like in a good the way. First I mean, the first four years, it's like high school kids who are also superheroes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And then by this time, it's like, oh no, they're on a jungle planet, and they <laughs> no longer Earth. But well, some... they got to work around whatever Japan's doing. Exactly. exactly. Which is, but it's yeah. also I like that it kind of because before then it's like dinosaurs and animals and stuff, mm-hmm. and they really broadened it to like now it's bitch ass cars. Yeah. Like this is gonna be this is gonna rule or samurai. But only for one year. Google that Laser Time episode. Laser Time Power Rangers. We did a show all about Power Rangers ripoffs that capitalize on the phenomenon and a history of all the shows. And there's like thirty. It's insane. It is I can't the oddest yeah. export that we still have, yeah. given how xenophobic most American. Inter- 
entertainment is that yeah. they just wholesale take I, this thing from another country. There was Japan had a season that was all trains, and yes. we never got that. It, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. that sequence looks amazing. Watch that stuff on YouTube; it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I meant to say bitch and ass cars, not not bitch whatever. <laughs> um, then uh, let's see. So uh, there's a there's some big stuff here. So let's let's work around this. The twenty fourth, uh, breaking the magician's code, <laughs> magic's <laughs> biggest secrets finally uh, revealed. Remember some of these? Was, yeah, was I watched the, the masked magician who yes. was anonymously Hi. ruining other magicians' tricks. Yes, like yeah, the, the big thing Fox would do, like uh, autopsy stuff, mm-hmm. and then this, like just <laughs> weird specials. Yeah, these were specials. Eventually, there there were eighteen episodes between wow. ninety seven and two thousand nine. Yeah. I didn't realize wow. it went that far. Wow. And there were two guys. The first one was eventually revealed as Val Valentino, mm. uh, who had that scary mask on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched the shit out of these as a kid. <laughs> so he would come on, it'd be in a big warehouse, and he would reveal how big magic tricks are done, including. Like so he would do what you just said. He would mm-hmm. specifically be like, "This is how David Copperfield yeah. made the Statue of Liberty disappear." David Copperfield's an idiot. And, I'm smarter than him. And it was <laughs> fucking fascinating. I love yeah. like I, is Penn and Teller fool us still on? I've never seen it on TV, I but I've, I think I, it might be. I I, watched I fall in that YouTube rabbit hole of that stuff that real fast. Cool. Yeah. yeah, no, I watched it and I was so frustrated. It's like, no, I want you to tell me how Yeah, they how don't tell you because Penn and Teller are. I do. I do love part that of the, though. The like, guild. But yeah, they just ask yeah. you, "Could you do this trick without a twin brother?" No. Yeah. Like, ah. Never mind. And it, there's no twin brother. Like, they, yes. they yeah. just know the magic stuff. Yes, and, and it's then so the cool. The guy's always like, you figured it out. Damn it's it. like, wait, do you mm-hmm. have 17 pockets sewn into your coat or mm-hmm. 18? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, Did you enjoy the film ah. Flubber? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but Almost then never. it was just super cool. And then eventually it became a running joke that Joe Bond of Rest Development or the Fox <laughs> show keeps doing this by accident and uh, keeps getting kicked out of the guild. Yeah. But we have a quick clip. This is from the second special because uh, mm-hmm. it's got a really fun host. We're back where it all started. An abandoned warehouse in an undisclosed location where our masked magician is about to reveal more of the amazing secrets behind magic's biggest illusions. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Mitch Pileggi. <laughs> <laughs> Horace Pinker's going to ruin the fucking oh, magic. Man. Oh, my Ooh, God. Wait, who is that? Uh, it's a main character in Shocker. Oh, Shocker. It's a good movie. Oh, but also, like, it is strange how like the X-Files uh, cast members would... Uh, trying to think of a better word than whore themselves out, but like <laughs> they would basically like take these stupid jobs. Like like last year we talked about Dana Scully uh, talking about when planes crash. Right. <laughs> why, why is Jillian Anderson doing this? Well, because like, it's the same thing. It's the same reason. Like you'll see the same person on like three or four Netflix shows, or the same pe- person work for Disney for years and years because it's like, yeah, we know this guy. We've already got his tax on, information. They're on the lot. They can yeah, his, exactly. Uh, You're on the studio. lot. Like, hey, Mitch. Do you have like an hour and a half to kill? Yeah, yeah. can you yeah. imagine yeah. signing up? You don't even have to take your trench coat off. Imagine <laughs> signing up Jillian Anderson with a text. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. want to do this? Hey, you want to do this? Yeah, well, do you me a favor. Make, yeah, fifty thousand dollars. What are you doing Thursday between like six fifteen and six forty-five? <laughs> yeah. Man, this and the next three things are yeah. so huge. Yeah, for yeah. Me. yeah. By the way, in a year and a half, uh, this comes to its logical conclusion, which is exposed pro wrestling's greatest secrets. Oh my god! <laughs> and you would think that would be on Fox, but that aired on NBC. The kendo- oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the like kendo NBC- sticks are all CG. NBC wasn't above this. I thought this was like, oh, this is just Fox foxing it up. Like they're they're still they're a competitive network at this point, but they're still doing like weird trash that yeah. the other networks wouldn't touch. No, in a year, NBC is desperate enough to up air one of these, but it's pro wrestling. Dude, TV's yeah. in flux. Then right now, people mm. are like, what's DVD? This yeah. is. Crazy. 
great. The whole landscape yeah. changing. So then, all three of these things we could finale on. So let's just go in Ugh. order. These are all the same night. Yeah. So on uh, on this is on November twenty eighth. Uh, what a cartoon ends. The what a cartoon show, yes. which is uh, basically a pilot program for Cartoon Network. Yes, it's, it, talked that's, about it a few weeks that's ago. That's literally what. It, so Spawn it, Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo. And, yeah, it it came back the next year, ninety eight, as the Cartoon Cartoon Show, which was slightly different, was slightly better name, but still awful. Yes, yeah, so slightly better <laughs> name, but uh, this was a show. Uh, it was started by a guy named Fred Seibert, mm-hmm. who is the head of Frederator, the guys mm-hmm. who you know gave us Adventure Time mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of other great shows, uh, being Puppy Cat, all that stuff. This is one of two shows he made. He also made the Nickelodeon show uh, that was the same. I know show. what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Kablam? Uh, no, not Kablam. Shit, no, it, what's might, it, it might have been Kablam. No, it's not Kablam. It's I mean he was involved in that, mm. but that's not the show I'm thinking of. Uh, he made another show for Nickelodeon that's the exact same show. Oh yeah, cartoons. What it was uh, called. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jeez. Fred Seibert is behind the scenes. <laughs> Wait, is it called Oh yeah, cartoons? It's called Oh yeah, cartoons. Oh, okay, I thought you making. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's called cartoons. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Cartoons. Fred Seibert behind the scenes is one of the most influential guys in animation of the last 20, 30 years. He uh he is basically the guy that is the reason MTV is cool animation oh. because he was the head of the marketing for MTV during like their high mm-hmm. periods of like all the cool um, yeah. all the cool like interstitial stuff yeah. so he's the guy that got you know Mike Judge to do that he's mm-hmm. the guy that got the Rocco guy to do that mm-hmm. uh, and he's still to this day his his whole thing with Frederator is hey you you can make a cartoon do you their, make their a cartoon? website is very clear about Here's how you submit something. Pitch to we'll it. Go I, it. Yeah. I am We're in looking the, for cartoons. I'm in the process of pitching to them. Yeah. <laughs> like they are they they want anyone to come pitch to them and including up into uh you know they have just tons and tons of like here's the pitch for this show. Uh here's here's the pitch document for Adventure Time. Do you want to know how the biggest cartoon in the last mm. 10 years was pitched? Find out. We said no to it. Here's why we said no to it. Here's why we said yes to it mm. after that. Mm. Like it's really mm. it's amazing. Go to Frederator and just dig around there even if you don't want to make a show if you're interested mm. in cartoons. Mm-hmm. But uh I got a clip here. So this last episode was one of two or three one of the shorts on it is one of two or three shorts made by Ralph Bakshi for this mm. show. Cuz it wasn't just they would Fritz find the cat fame. Yes, they would find young animators mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey, what would you do with a budget? Mm-hmm. Here you go." And it might turn into a real cartoon. But also they'd find guys like Ralph Bakshi who were like established veterans. Who who, yeah. you know, made at modern animation what it is. Highly independent one. animators. Yes, but this one that I chose <laughs> is, uh, you're going to know exactly who made it and what it is the second it starts playing. No one could understand me until Larry showed up. And thus began the ugliest day of my life. <sighs> Crying out loud, is anyone listening? Wow, a dog that speaks English. <laughs> what? Yeah. You, know, you know, I once had a Jack Russell Terrier that spoke Dutch, but I, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. That is, yeah. I, 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 I remember that this. That dog's bad. This, I, but a Family Guy with no family. Yes, yeah. this is one of this is one of four pilots for Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, he made two of these, two Larry mm-hmm. and Steve shorts, which is about just a and regular. They, they look gorgeous. It's a oh my god, it looks amazing, and it's very. If you look at stu- like Seth MacFarlane's mm-hmm. drawings outside of the shows he makes, that's how he draws. Like mm-hmm. he he is a be- he went to RISD. He is a great artist. It's just that he realized at a certain point I got to make something that'll make me money, mm-hmm. and he made Family Guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, so there were he made two Larry and Steve shorts, then he made. Uh, before that, he made the f- one of the Family Guy pilots that looks like Family Guy. That was his RISD, uh, I think, like his mm-hmm. dissertation. Mm-hmm. And then the actual pilot, which we've seen. This is the mm-hmm. first episode of Family Guy. But it's a show about a guy who uh, can talk to his dog. He can understand mm-hmm. dogs for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's got Star Wars references. It's got Tress McNeil in it. Uh, it's great and a lot of fun. Oh, man. And the, the next show was so huge for me. The uh, HBO Tenacious D show let me see. Oh. premieres. You know what clip I picked. Let's kick it. I'll say kick it, and you'll just kick it with a tasty groove, okay? One, two, three, kick it. Kick it. Come on. God damn it. God, God. 
miles. Put your one-time ticket. What the fuck? Jack, don't put it all on me. I've been sitting here waiting. Okay, we've got a crucial clutch cargo gig coming up, Kyle. You cocksucker. <laughs> I felt... I fell so hard in love with this show, yeah. Tenacious D. It's, I remember the the Mr. Show guys, like Bob Odenkirk, mm -hmm. David Cross are producing this, making the same company, and a lot of Mr. Show guys appear in it. It just it was like a 10-minute show that came on after Mr. Show and just sort of fell away, but was a live-action cartoon before... Mm -hmm. It had, I, like that I hadn't really seen since Pete and Pete with an R rating, and I just loved it. Had it had one season of six episodes that yeah. went from 1997 to 2000. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, and they're all really fun and really good. Mm -hmm. and, and It's super fun. You can buy yeah. that weird-ass double-disc DVD of their live show. And, man, I, I went to go see them live. I love Tenacious D so much. My yeah. my friend got to – I didn't know he was there, but he got to read. The next band asked me to read this. Uh, there's a car parked in uh, slot eight eight four, and that is Satan's parking space. <laughs> My friend James, I didn't even know he was at the same. Or I, I drove six hours to see Tenacious D at the House of Blues outside of Disney World, uh, and I just I love Tenacious D so much with a friend who is now murdered. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah, that's that's a weird weird memory, but um, Jesus Christ, yeah, I love this show so much. I'm surprised it didn't get more shit. But it picked up traction way later. Mm -hmm. Tenacious D was not that big. I didn't know about it big. until years later. I didn't know about it until they were already famous and I, HBO started playing it a bunch again. I want to say I want to say it might have been discovered via YouTube and, and Probably, things yeah. like that. Was this um, pre-Biodome or after Biodome? This is right after, after. Biodome. Okay. Maybe 18 months afterwards, but they're, I'm not just They're both they're both they were LA comedy legends. Yeah. They were uh they they're, I just want to say they're in Biodome. I don't just judge my life from pre-Biodome <laughs> and after. That's not how I just gauge my life. No, I I, I said I, I love Mr. Show obvious. so much. I bought bootlegs off of eBay because that's the only way you could buy that version of the show and it came with an extra tape of all their other appearances <laughs> and the same guy did a Tenacious D one and like right. Jack Black and Kyle Gass are like all over the landscape before Tenacious D is famous before Jack Black is famous. Cable Guy? They're both, uh, in, cable they're guy. both in Cable Guy. They play ventriloquists in one Tim Robbins movie because Jack Black's part of that acting group. Mm. You can see him in all Tim Robbins movies for the most part until really? he's hugely famous. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Is yeah. he in Jacob's Ladder? Uh, well, the movie's I mean, like Bob Roberts, Tim, the yeah, movie that Tim like Burton directed. Yeah, it's the first thing he's in. Oh, yeah. like, not as good. But I love Tenacious D. It holds up, I don't want to say it holds up better than Mr. Show, but it's just so weird and quick. Mm. I, I'm surprised. Mm. If Adult Swim was around, Gorgeous like this too. would have been snatched up by them immediately. It's like yeah. really well shot. Like that scene we just watched, mm -hmm. like has beautiful lighting and yep. it looks like a dingy apartment in a really cool way. Great, great though, music. Though 10 years later, arguably the, uh, maybe better, but more uh, definitely more successful yeah. HBO duo singing TV show. Fly the Concords. Yeah. Fly the Concords is in 2007. But it's, it's just bizarre to me that God, like they so it good, seemed like it? They, they were trying to recapture what they lost by yeah. letting Tenacious D slip through their fingers. But it, just a great show. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and it came out before they ever had an album. This is the only way you can uh, hear their music. That clip specifically opened up 19 of my mix CDs. <laughs> Kick it with a tasty it. groove so I know it verbatim. And um, Jack Black just yelling and saying, and saying, God! Damn it! And hitting the, hit, it, like God. he just smacks the wall really quick with his hand. Like it's just mm -hmm. so. I, I will never get tired of that. When I see yeah. Jumanji, whenever yeah. that comes out, I'm gonna fucking laugh at Jack Black because he's, <laughs> he's he gets me no matter what. Man, and this uh, we have a, a finale uh, yeah. of another yeah. show, uh, sort of the a VHS end, tape I wore out. Yep, the beginning of an era, at the end of an era. Um. Wow. 
This is uh, uh, this is uh, Beaver and Buff Coat uh, <laughs> finale. Burn fast and hard. Like what the? F- I said hard. Uh, <laughs> but like the first episode, I think it was like ninety three or ninety four. Difficult. Like, I mean, not counting Frog liquid, Baseball yeah. and Liquid Television. Yeah. And they did not make that many episodes. Yeah. 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 And they kept repackaging them in different ways. They yeah. would shoot more music. Kids kept setting their anything. siblings on fire. They so. made another thing whenever they were like, okay, legally we can use this clip now. Like mm-hmm. they had to keep like getting cleared to use more this stuff is, as Mike Judge got more uh, famous. The episode I believe Rich. titled Beavis and Butthead are dead. Yeah. Yes. And I remember we like we hadn't watched Whoa. the show in a while, but this was a phenomenon. We're all. All the kids, all of, all of my friends got together to watch this last episode, and we're only disappointed because there's they don't die. We thought that we uh, thought they were going to kill each other. They may have died. They yes. literally walk into the sunset. At but the end it, of the episode. it was revived in 2011. Yeah, and it I only, was and was good. amazing. Like yeah. it's, it's it's like it never changed, it's but it's widescreen and HD. It's, it's it's like it never changed, but it's also like well, except they can't use music videos anymore as much. They so made yeah. fun of oh, so they yeah. made fun of MTV shows. So like Mike Judge was a lot braver and a lot more experienced, and also had become our nation's leading satirist in yeah. between yeah. them, <laughs> which which is in Beavis and Butthead. But like had this is after Office Space. It mm. was uh, mm. right before Silicon Valley, yeah. but it was like after Idiocracy. Like Mike Judge is the greatest living mm. American satirist in in inarguably <laughs> he has to be. like silicon valley is the best uh satire of what's it's destroying a little, our country it's right a now. little personal considering how close right? silicon valley is and yeah. ruins yeah. my life on a daily basis yeah um, it's but, hard not to think about that when you look at salesforce salesforce yeah. billboards that are yeah, like paving knocking. over my bike route yeah uh with with, with fake grass <laughs> and they, they think they're helping this they're is a clip from them at the academy awards this is a clip from That's earlier so cool. this year at the 69th academy awards introducing uh best sound design i think we're movie stars. Well, <laughs> uh, so, uh, good sound effects editing can make the difference between a boring chick movie with some English dude and a really cool movie with lots of explosions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like Under Siege 2. Uh, for example, when I smack Beavis, sound effects create the illusion of pain. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that really can't hurt. <laughs> so, uh, for best sound effects editing are uh, Richard L. Anderson oh, and David we A. Want to see for these. Daylight. It's crazy. Alan Robert Murray and Bub Asman for Eraser. <laughs> Bruce Stambler for The Ghost and the Darkness. That's it. And, um, and the Oscar goes to... Uh, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Stambler for the Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah, yeah. And I wish <laughs> I we just all wanted to. No, the movie. rest of the clip is just him going up. And we all want to win an Oscar, I'm sure, but I really would like to do it with yeah. Beavis announcing my name. Yeah. That is so fucking it's so funny. funny. When they are walking out, uh, it, cl- it it quickly cuts to I think Michael Douglas looking unamused. <laughs> Diana wrote an article for. Uh, well. That never really goes well when you use an animated character that the yeah. o- the, o- yeah. the audience can't the Simpsons, see. Simpsons, Toy Story, yeah. Yeah. Shrek's done it. It's always bad, but they, that's the best example of it ever. And also, that's the official Oscars YouTube, which I watch wow. a lot for some reason. You had to, you had to like transcribe these on Vimeo or some shit. Oh yeah, I had to hide. For, I had to copy them from VHS and then hide them deep on Vimeo <laughs> with like code names. Wow, because but, they don't allow this stuff to be reseen. But there's so much like good weird. Mm. 
yeah. <clears throat> history, you know, Robin Williams rapping with uh, yeah. with Charles Fleischer, um, yeah. with with a Mickey uh, mask on. Um, so that clip also on the official Oscars YouTube is not called Best Sound Design 1997. Mm-hmm. It's called Beavis and Butthead at the Oscars. <laughs> so they don't give a shit about this guy that worked on Eraser or whatever movie. <laughs> I, I hope darkness. he won another one Ghost and actually had an actual actor give it to him. I mean, that's awesome. Did we miss Eraser? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Who gives shit? I don't, no, I don't think we do. Got to move on to the games of 1997 because, as usual, there's a lot oh, given yeah. this uh, proliferation of three platforms doing very well. Yeah, yeah, and like I like I say a lot, the way that release dates are listed up until like the, the last like maybe 15 years or so, like it's just oh these came out on December 1st or this came out in January of this mm-hmm. month. Uh, so yeah, January the, of this month. The, these PS1 games are listed as December first, but I bet a lot of them were like just throughout the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so there was Miss Riv- uh, Riven. Yeah, the sequel to Mist. Mm. It says right out there, right there on the box, may <laughs> be the most discs for a PS1 game. Four, five, five, five discs. Right. Wow, Jesus Christ. Uh, five black discs, uh, as opposed to the game one, which is just one. What? Uh, it's a Sorry, platformer. Uh, I believe. Uh, this one was made by the guys who did uh, Earthworm Jim, but I could be wrong. Mm. Oh. Uh, but it's an it's an okay platformer. Two basketball games: NBA Live '98 and NBA Fast Break '98. Moto Racer, Moto Racer, uh, Micro the, Machines Moto. V3, and Monster Very Rancher. Uh, oh, hell yeah! V, what is it like? You basically raise monsters and you make the monsters by putting different CDs in your PlayStation. Yeah, it's a video game series that you huh. you can create the it's Pokemon, yeah. but you create the monsters by okay, take you hot swap it just like Banjo because we almost did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You take the discount, you put in a Celine Dion CD and then a monster comes out. Yeah. You get a new monster. Like randomly generated. It from... Randomly generated. But wow. once in a while it's like, "Oh, if you have this like I think this was Taito." So it's like if you put in another Taito game, it, mm-hmm. You'll get a, a specific monster, a special one. But I also but, but I had a lot of randomly generated. I had a lot of cheap magazines that were like, if you put in this in sync album, you will get this monster. So mm. I, th- I think some of it. I don't know what it's based on. You put in crash yeah. test dummies, <laughs> but it also became uh, an. Anime you'll get and you'll stuff. get a uh, monster with birthmarks all over its body. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a game first and then an anime, but the anime was also pretty popular. Yeah, and here. they had a lot of sequels. And yeah, there were a ton some of, of them games. were like for consoles that you couldn't do the swapping, so you'd do something boring instead. Put in a code or whatever. Yeah, it's like nah, that's not what feel like i want to stream this but i couldn't even recreate that does yeah, anybody have any music that. cds uh, <laughs> um, no. uh and the street fighter collection yeah, for again, saturn again saturn gets one thing mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a good thing saturn it's was a, a great fighting console yeah. so the best 2d console ever yeah, uh but we gotta we gotta get the hell out of 1997 so yeah, we can yeah. get it into 07 we will close out with natalie imbruglia's torn but stay tuned because we headed to uh 2007 Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of November 24th to 30th, okay, fine, let's just go through it. 75 years ago this week, 1942, we got uh, George Washington slept here with Jack Benny, who I think the kids today don't appreciate. 
And Generation X doesn't appreciate. No one appreciates Jack Benny. God damn it! So go, yeah, go watch Jack Benny show. Honestly, I, I kind of prefer it, or to be or not to be. Um, also released this week, uh, 1942 Holiday Inn, the uh, classic holiday movie with Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire, and uh, singing White Christmas, and it became you know the highest selling album literally of all time. Um, you know, I it's fine. I'm not a fan of Christmas, but uh, I guess it's okay. I don't know if you want to watch it with or without the blackface number. The past was bad, everybody. The past was bad. And then 50 years ago this week, uh, in 1967, November 24th was the release of Cream's second album, Disraeli Gears. Woo! Uh, Cream fucking rules, and you should listen to all their albums, of which I think there's three. Uh, and this is the second one that includes uh, Sunshine of Your Love and Strange Brew, which are awesome songs. And, uh, again, something kids need to appreciate. Uh, Eric Clapton and Ginger Baker and uh, Jack Bruce. Uh, it's kind of like a super group, really, of just, like, super kick-ass musicians who super freaking rock out. So that's what I'm going to do instead of Christmas stuff. I'm just going to rock out to Disraeli Gears. And that's it for this week. Stay a classic. Coming in with the anthem by Pitbull featuring, is it Little John? I can't tell. His voice isn't distinctive. Good Charlotte. Uh, off of the boat lift. Gee, I cannot, I still, I know I'm old, but I still consider Pitbull and Little John like new <laughs> I was surprised he goes back that long, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely remember this song from that time. Yeah. I'm an old man. We're coming in twice now with Miami themed. Wow. Oh, hey. Man, we're Mr. Worldwide. Some, somebody who's not me playing this episode out real well. <laughs> no, I just noticed it right now. Uh, but new releases from uh, Connie Talbot with Over the Rainbow and By the People for the People by Mudvayne. Of course, <laughs> Kiss Kiss by Chris Brown is still numero uno. And uh, the news in 2007. What are we talking? November 24th through the 30th. Uh, Matt Damon is people's sexiest man alive. Ah, take yeah. that, Clooney. Uh, ten years and one week later. <laughs> but I, I remember that because Matt Damon just seemed a little like you should have given this to him like ten years ago. Like literally, because ten literally. years ago is when he hit it big with Goodwill Hunting. And Indeed, all that stuff. which we'll be talking about. We'll yeah. be talking about in the next episode. Um, but thank God there's some justice in the world because Enchanted is number one at the box office, Yay. as it deserves to be. I have not seen either of the movies that we can only briefly talk about this week. Nope. First, Anyone else? First being the mm -hmm. Savages. There's a moment in everyone's life. I gained some weight. I didn't say anything. When childhood ends. And adulthood begins. For John and Wendy Savage, that moment is now. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Do something! You're the doctor. He's not that kind of doctor, Dad. I said my boy was a doctor. Doctor philosophy teaches theater. Like Broadway? No, like theater of social unrest. Oh, man, can you get a more 2007 trailer with Laura Linney, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, and fucking Spoon doing the soundtrack? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's that thing we watched like a week or two ago with Jack Black? Feels like the same thing. Someone's wedding. Uh, the Jackal? No. <laughs> no, uh, Margot uh, at the wedding. Margot yeah. at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah, um, so adult, <clears throat> difficult adult children have to deal with their father aging. 
I miss Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. What a lovely little I'm indie. Glad Maybe first to go out of that. Uh... Yeah. No, he's got. Uh, uh, yeah. No, he got pretty good reviews. <laughs> Supposed to be you know, pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> it's hard to go wrong with those two actors, man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Hayden Christensen, and Jessica Alba, Terrence Howard, and Lena Olin starring in the movie A Wake. Remember when all these people were famous? Is he good to go? Sleeping like a baby. What? Am I supposed to be asleep okay. right now? Everyone ready to get started here? I can still hear you. It is. I'll have a baby. Wait, some, something's wrong. Am I supposed to be able to still hear you? What's the matter? I don't know what I can do this. Do not get paranoid. Just inject the heart. In an hour, he'll be dead and we'll be rich. Wait, wait, wait. What? No. Wow. He can oh, hear no. the doctors operating on him. One of them is Benjamin Javetti. I hate when Indian people yeah. wear white face. <laughs> <laughs> was Fisher Stevens' voice, but also oh, Hayden Christensen. It is... Is he in a self-imposed exile? Mm-hmm. He's not a bad yeah, Christensen. Yeah, Shattered Glass is pretty dope. Yeah, the pretty but dope movie. Look, I think he just I, got didn't want people to be mean to him anymore. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's got, he's got I, money. I think that maybe someone else should have played this, uh, <laughs> this corpse or whatever. Like he's just talking. Like his his he reactions are too weird. Yeah, he like with his voice, he's, he's talking like a cartoon character, mm. uh, not like someone who's like under sedation. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to direct. Person under sedation is still thinking, but it's <laughs> with, not with, eye, it, with tape over his wait, eyes. Yeah, yeah. W- and that's not the way. That, that's all I can say. Uh, it did win a Razzie, worst yeah. actress. Uh, uh, oh no, nominated uh, Jessica Alba for worst actress and uh-huh. Peyton Christensen for worst actor. Um, hmm. But Lindsay Lohan took it that year. Yeah. Too bad. Ooh, that the year you guys were there. Uh, yeah, I was there that year. Yeah, yeah, I've been a couple times. Is that for I Know Who Killed Me? Oh God, that... yes. yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I it did notable that this was not screened for critics, which is never not a good sign. A good sign. But it's, this isn't even that like that big a movie. Just show it to people, Jesus. I want you to look up ten reviews, mm-hmm. and I want us to bet on how many of them have a pun about sleeping. <laughs> ah. Um, Wake fails to revive. No, I'm not going to do this because that is yeah. it for the movies. Actually, uh, of, of November 24th to the 30th of 2007. Yeah, kind of dry week. A, a dry week, but it's also Thanksgiving. People are settling yeah. in, watching other stuff. That's um, the thing. Like we talked about before, mm-hmm. you know, this is a weird period. This yeah. this last week, this week, and next week are rough for TV because yeah, we went yeah, Thanksgiving point, into Christmas. At this point, uh, I mean, probably like late 90s, there was uh, November sweeps, and mm-hmm. that yeah. means you take a month off. And like I was just watching some. Uh, it was great news on, uh, they said like, oh, this is the finale, or the uh, mid-season? 20, yeah, mid-season finale, the November finale. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, that means they're not back until January. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why even bother during the holiday season? <laughs> Richie, yeah. we've got to go to Bora Bora yeah. for three months. True. It's why I like Christmas specials, because part of it is to fill in programming yeah. slots and still allowing your workers to go home. And that includes mm-hmm. the people who push the buttons behind those <laughs> big giant boxes that make TV yeah. go but it, but it's also time for all the movies to ramp up. Yep, I'm kind of yeah. surprised. Yeah, Oscar season. <clears throat> it's it's With a quiet. stuff like Awake. Mm-hmm. Awake. Yeah, uh, which should have come out like a month before for Halloween or something. Yeah. Yeah, where's our Oscar bait? Instead we get uh, instead we get a f- the finale of like the second reboot of the Bionic Woman <laughs> yes. on television. The Bionic Woman. It was a weird time for TV. Uh, it gets like, canceled. I think we had Knight Rider not too long after yeah. this. Te- like, yeah, wasn't Team Knight Rider? No, 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 no. That, no. That was you, you, yeah, that? that was '97. I think yeah. a bunch of years okay. ago. Two thousand. Oh, yeah. Two around late two thousands is a new Knight Rider show. Oh yes, I remember that. And we just had a new Regi- oh, MacGyver yeah. Yeah. reboot. Like, and I, Ironsides. I always, I always yeah. say. 
occasionally movie remakes work, but yeah. television remakes don't. And then and I why always have like, all those happen and not Quantum Leap. And then yeah. I always think of Hawaii Five O, a show yeah. I've never seen. This is like its ninth popular. season. That show yeah. is excuse for half of the cast of Lost to, to stay, stay in Hawaii, Hawaii. <laughs> uh, even though they quit. Um, I couldn't even this, find this a usable see. clip because the intro is so boring. It's there's no lyrics. There's no like I'm the Bionic Woman. Mm. There's nothing like that. Nah. And then all the clips are just like the most unremarkable fucking like CBS Bionic Woman eating a subway sandwich. I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's fucking with crazy because I never saw Six Million Dollar Man and I would go down to my grandparents' house in Miami and they get like, they don't have cable. But they're like 40 over-the-air channels and I became obsessed with Brady Bunch and The Bionic Woman. I loved that show for some, whatever reason. I, I, I really did like mm. The Bionic Woman. Had I known this existed, I might have watched it. My bad. Uh, did see this though. More importantly to that, well first let's talk about the 29th mm. uh, Scrubs episode My Growing Pains mm. aired, which we're talking about Scrubs again. Oh, this right. was a this is an interesting time for Scrubs. Uh, a lot of people have fallen off. It's going to get rebooted soon. Um, but it was still that show was really good. I feel like it's yeah. an underrated yeah. uh, dramedy on yeah. television. Which one of the Seavers made a guest guest appearance here? What? Well, anyone from the fr- anyone from oh, the, the show? Seaver- oh, yeah. I, I just didn't understand what he said. The growing pains. Yes. Hey, pains. Uh, They're not going to get Kirk Cameron, but maybe one of the other people. Yeah, he doesn't believe in science, so they can't get him on a doctor <laughs> show. Um, so at this point in the show, JD and Turk both have kids, uh, which wow. it, like kind of suddenly happens. That is news uh, to me. I did not know the show was on that long. They had kids. Dr. Cox's son is about is around like five or six at this point. Mm. So. <laughs> All right, is this the last last season where it's like it's not even the Scrubs anymore? So the interns. It's and not that the... yet. Oh, okay, this might be the last one before that though. Oh yeah, okay. I can't remember exactly. Although I, I did watch that season. That's yeah. actually what got me back because I was yeah. like, oh, a whole new it's cast. Maybe yeah, the I'll first ABC season where it's like, oh yeah, we'll do a season here and then it might have been. It might have been the first ABC because it was a show owned by Disney that mm. they lent out to NBC and then eventually took back. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because it was going to get canceled, and they were like, we already bought all these sets and shit. Just let's <laughs> just make another season. It doesn't just, cost that much. Just make some children's hospital on the set. <laughs> that is the same hospital it yeah is, it is. <laughs> that's a that's an abandoned la hospital yeah that uh only like a few years before this show started it was an op- operating hospital no. so i've heard stories shut down because of asbestos something like that yeah it got <laughs> shut down for like they were oh, throw some actors in there because when they were shooting scrubs they were like there's a floor we can't go to yeah and we don't oh know why God. but i've heard stories from actors who were like i went to that hospital to like get my cough looked at and then i was <laughs> on extra on scrubs the next year and yeah. there was no one there and then on the 29th the same night also on a maybe this is still on nbc because it's the mm-hmm. same night uh this the 30 rock episode cougars airs uh where liz lemon's dating a younger man and we have yeah. a clip that explains that I'm trying to remember who the guy was it's, you won't Lemon, what happened? Did you take an Ambien with your friends here and sleepwalk here? No, I am out on a date. I know you. You deliver my coffee. You, you're here with Lemon? Yes, sir. I'm Jamie, Mr. Donaghy. Oh, oh, what a polite young man. They <laughs> just changed bartenders. I'm going to go see if this guy will serve me. Oh. Where did you two meet? An Amber Alert? Okay. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that joke's funny. Yeah, Miss Dirty Rock. Whew. Yeah. Oh. That's a rough joke. Uh, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought when you were talking about, oh, he date, she dates a younger man. She just ends up marrying a, uh, a younger man yeah. at the end of the show. Uh, who like Cyclops? Is, is he that right? much younger than yeah. her? Uh, I, the show would say that, but yeah. I think he was just immature. Mm. Uh, but maybe. like, I don't know how old he is. He seems yeah, yeah. he's been famous for I so long. I can't believe it. We have our first Christmas special to talk about, and oh, it's and still it's November. The, it's the best one on the twenty eighth. Uh, oh, I got I got what? some news for you. What? But let's hear the clip. That it's not okay. Now on DVD. How are you going to have Christmas without your family? I have to make a Christmas, and I have no idea what it is or how to do it. From DreamWorks Animation comes a whole new take on the holidays. Come on, everybody, let's do 
Holy shit, I hate Shrek, yeah. but I love Pinocchio so much. Uh, Shrek the Halls. Uh, I used to review Christmas specials on a cartoonchristmas.com, and I had to go back and check my review on this because I remembered really liking this. Really? Yeah. I think it's, yeah, and I'm not a huge fan of Shrek. It's just like, no, this like, is a fine Christmas do you like the special. the first Shrek movie? Uh, it's uh, no, I especially don't like that movie. Yeah. Oh. I, I, again, I worked at a Suncoast, and that was the one movie we were authorized to play, so it would just loop all day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm that'll like, do it. I haven't seen. Oh, once we, once years. once I'm a believer comes on by Smash Mouth, yeah. I have to rewind <laughs> and do this Does all Smash over Mouth again. Do a Christmas Carol in this, pretty no. please? No. What uh-huh. the, the thing I thought that was insane is that it's a 22 minute. It's like a 25 minute Christmas special, and because of it looks on par with the movie, mm-hmm. eight minutes are credits. Uh, wow! So like a like roughly a quarter of the special wow. are credits Jeez. because of how many people worked it, it on it. It aired on NBC Universal's mm-hmm. network and then was put on DVD. And yeah, I might know. have to do something with that like modern Christmas specials because I am sadly an expert at this, even though I can't remember most <laughs> things I wrote all those years ago. But this and like prep and landing, like real real good Christmas specials. The all of the other reindeer. I am a big fan of all of them. It's pretty good. And the the Mickey Mouse special from last year, Duck the Halls, is excellent. Excellent. Uh Oh, man, I should probably do that. LaserTimePodcast.com. Maybe I will. Um, It's nice if this is a decent one because we're coming off of Shrek the Third, which mm -hmm. is terrible. Left a bad taste in people's mouths. Real bad. Shrek 2 is pretty good, right? I like Shrek. I like Shrek Shrek 2. I haven't seen them either in like 15 years. But Shrek 3 I never saw 3. Really bad. Oh, except in the, chunks when I worked at Walmart and it was just on the DVD. It's the only one I watched. Uh, oh, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. So bad. It was one of the like uh, ones we were allowed to play because Blu-ray was a thing, but yeah. we just we kept putting on Planet Earth and every and every hey. whoever was on their break would be around the TV watching Planet Earth and Blu-ray. Like Blu-ray is amazing. Oh my god, it'll never get better than this. Yeah, but that's it for TV. That TV. is it for TV. Christmas time. Wow, in 2007 and oh games. Oh my god, yes. Probably one of the most significant things uh, that actually, doesn't relate to a game yeah. release. Uh, we'll say that for last because we got okay. two, yeah, got two, yeah, two games that. Uh, didn't really mount too much. Uh, we have cruising on Wii, oh my which God. is it, like n- more notable because of what I discovered about it. Uh, I thought it was like, oh, just another cruising game, cruising uh, <laughs> USA, cruising world. But no, cruising on Wii is actually a port of the 2004 arcade Fast and Furious game. Whoa. It took that long to bring it to consoles because like those games are like. There's, they're the most anonymous, but yet most played games. Yeah, you like, still see them. They're, they're in movie every theater. movie theater, yeah. but it's like who? Like they're never they're never brought to consoles. It's really. that in the Batman racing game. I see yeah. them everywhere. And it's the mm-hmm. one that's just called Batman, but it's a yeah. racing game. Why isn't it called Batman Racing? Yeah, and uh, also this week was Geometry Wars Galaxies. I really like this. Ah, uh, I, I maybe I should give it a shot because I love Geometry Wars Retro Evolved mm-hmm. and Retro Evolved Two and Geometry Wars Three, which came mm-hmm. out on PS4 and Xbox One, mm-hmm. because they're twin stick shooters mm-hmm. that use two sticks. And what happened this year is that they put Geometry Wars games on the Nintendo DS and, and Wii. Nintendo Wii, mm-hmm. neither of which have second analog sticks. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if you use that, that the one DS controller version is the one I'm talking about. It, yeah, so what do you use? Use the stylus. The stylus. It, it uh, actually works better than a twin stick. This is the first game. time it was basically an Xbox exclusive until then, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and was hidden within some Project Gotham games before mm-hmm. it even became a its own. The thing. first Xbox is Live. That's true. Game? I didn't know. Yeah, that. but yeah. So like next year we get the second real Geometry Wars game, but yeah, I love them all. I loved all three on consoles or on Xbox. And I don't really know. Uh, maybe I'll give him a shot, but it just seemed like a weird, a weird thing to pick a, a twin stick shooter and make it into uh, not twin. And stick if shooter. you are the type to pay attention to games, this yes, will be this extraordinarily big, significant to uh, you. Very right? important. It was day. a big deal for the people who work in the games industry. In games media, yeah, uh, like yeah. other than Dorito Pope, yeah, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we. I guess you were working for Games Radar mm-hmm. at the time, and I, I was at, I was at Game Pro. 
I worked right down the block from GameSpot, mm-hmm. and yeah, GameSpot or, or Jeff Gersman. I don't think he was editor in chief at the point, but he was high up at GameSpot. He was been there like, forever. He'd he been there for like over yeah. a decade. Uh, but he was fired from GameSpot on November twenty eighth, two thousand seven, and people immediately figured out, and it was later confirmed that because. Uh, Jeff gave a bad review to Kane and Lynch Deadman. I think he gave it a six, a out, six of out of ten. Generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's actually I think also good, not that low. It's a score. good on their scale. Yeah, oh, it's better than average. The problem was uh, Eidos was advertising that game heavily on Gamespot. There were giant banners of Kane and Lynch on the side yeah. of the website mm-hmm. when you went there, and th- they you know complained to Gamespot, and that somehow you know it ended up getting Jeff Gertzman fired from Gamespot, uh, and that was immediate blowback to GameSpot, and then a lot of his coworkers would leave with over over the next few weeks and months. Alex yeah. Navarro, Ryan Davis, Brad Shoemaker, Vinny Caravella, like they all mm-hmm. were other mainstays of the GameSpot. Giant, but you just listed like and the they, big and giant. And then guys. yeah, in in, would, yeah. In, in, in I think next year, like around a little a little after E3 in 2008, they found Giant yeah. Bomb. He's working this whole time yeah. on building. I mean, they have I, an amazing documentary series called How to Build a Bomb yeah. about the creation of Giant Bomb. And, yeah, it took GameSpot a, a while to, like, recover from I feel this. like they still haven't. Yeah. I feel well, like there's still... everybody a while to... Yeah. The, the ramifications of this were insane. One, you got Giant Bomb, which essentially redefined how you cover games. Yeah. yeah. And then... They're we, the template. We all had to have a very serious Man. talk that is still ongoing about whether this business... This is probably yeah, too inside. It's, for the, it's, whether this is fine. or is not journalism, and from my understanding, knowing some people over yeah. there, the new boss was from, I believe, Maxim. Yeah. And he was the understanding we're an entertainment magazine and you're pissing off our sponsors. Yeah. So it wasn't Kane and Lynch. IDOS did not say fire your editor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a new boss who didn't understand yeah. what exactly GameSpot was. Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is bad for business. Get rid of this guy. It's like if you were an investigative reporter mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., but all the ads are being paid for by politicians. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're going to run into some sticky areas. Now, everywhere that I've ever worked, like there's that separation. Like mm-hmm. yeah. a, a, a uh, like a publisher or developer, they can complain all they want. Yeah. But that's that's t- it. It's usually shielded from you. Mm-hmm. But it's also like they know that like the second you stop telling the truth about games, like giving your actual genuine opinion, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna lose the audience, and then you're not gonna have an ad- advertising that uh, appeals to that audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was a very unfortunate thing. And like, yeah, there was a new boss at the time that mm-hmm. kind of caved under pressure and did this. But it's like. Most outlets, yeah, there is that sticky situation of having advertisements from video games, but it's like, no one, it, for all the outlets that I've worked with, like, no one's ever been like, change the score, we have an ad for yeah. this game. Yeah, no one, uh, it's never really happened before or since this, and it was because of this outsider who had no idea yeah. what the medium was, and, you know, a bunch of people who like, what journalistic integrity? This is criticism. This yeah. is not journalism, mm-hmm. and criticism doesn't have to be objective and shut up. And this is an ongoing argument in the stupid faction of the game community that still can't die down that they don't understand that this is not really journalism yeah. here. Re-reporting press releases and playing provided games yeah. is not journalism. It's offensive but to actual journalists. Like Jeff Gertzman, it's it's crazy that like what was it like two or three years ago he went back under the GameSpot umbrella yep. CBS uh, CBS Interactive, Interactive. CBS they, they, they bought them they back bought Giant Bomb. Bomb to make GameSpot yet relevant again yeah. one of the last things Ryan Davis got to do was yeah. to help usher in 
the new era of Giant Bomb, which is under CBSI. Yeah. I don't know any of these guys personally, but I've talked to them, been in interviews. Mm. Really, really nice guys. I, I've met all of them. Really all like wonderful. the Giant Bomb fellows. Ryan Davis, one of the nicest men I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. He talked to me for 20 minutes. He did not need to. I, I cannot, was just standing there, and, and he came up to me and talked to me. For lack of a better word, and again, we're Dave and I and Diana's husband and Brad Former and then Henry all mm-hmm. have a background in writing about games. This is the most significant thing that ever yeah. happened to that stupid industry. So I'm sorry <laughs> if we talked about it too long. No, but... I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. in any form yeah. of journalism, mm-hmm. there has to be yeah. a mm-hmm. wall between the commercial side yeah. and yeah. the content yeah. side. If you're and listening the... to us, you probably at least yeah. like video games. Well, mm-hmm. we're about a half dozen years away from this gamer gate ah, thing. Jesus. What's that? Mm-hmm. Explain it. I, I mean, like <laughs> no! it's a, a giant metal structure. I don't oh, know okay. what it is. I never oh. I never bothered to look into it. And no. it's on hinges. Yeah. And you close it to make sure that the dog doesn't get out. Yeah. yeah. And somehow that was a controversy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it just sucks because this lends fuel to that outlandish conspiracy theory that somehow critics oh, are pressured. game journalists like yeah. shut up yeah, this is one by Disney this right. is one incident from one asshole and yeah. it resulted in something you probably really like yeah, yeah. so it I, I, if, has a good ending if the average commenter knew how little most game journalists make mm-hmm. like no no yeah. one's bought off there's they're no there's barely any money yeah. to get put to this room around if you wanted to buy them off mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty cheap give me a sandwich and, but then they'd be, immediately be drummed out and be discovered yeah. I assure yeah. you I've asked, it's never happened, yeah. so yeah. shut up yeah. about it, Jeff people. recently said on the podcast that his time at, because he talks about, they were talking about like judging your life based on like movies that have come out and things mm-hmm. like that, and he was like, I used to do it based on which website it worked at, but those are about to equate, and I was like, oh shit, mm. it's been a long time since Giant <laughs> Bomb showed up, because wow. he, I mean, we've, been, we've gone on this about a long time, but like, like you said, like they reinvented how games are covered mm-hmm. with Giant Bomb. He did that at GameStop first, like mm-hmm. or, or Game Spot. GameSpot. GameSpot, the way he and Ryan and those other guys covered games and made original content, made original mm-hmm. content that nothing to do with video games, yeah. has led to what the internet mm-hmm. media coverage cycle is. Yeah, and it's what you actually want to consume. You don't want a bunch of dry fucking previews yeah. pretending to be journalism. This is all yeah. about fun shit and a yeah, lifestyle, exactly. and it should, it should be a little funnier and have a sense of humor. And mm-hmm. I remember getting involved, in the, and they were like, they and One Up are like the only guys doing it. Everybody else was dry, and like, this yeah. isn't that serious yeah commenters and yeah. and like, outlets giant bomb only reviews like maybe five or six mm-hmm. games per year yeah as like, far as like writing a review yeah yeah they, 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 they do, do a lot looks. of yeah they do a lot of quick looks like vid- like a lot of video focused stuff which mm-hmm. is like yeah at, in 2007 2008 you know companies were starting to do that but giant mm-hmm. bomb was like let's go all in on this and like yeah let's still do some of the other stuff yeah but yeah, mostly video. So, like, and, make, and make people personalities. When people say like when Jeff's saying he doesn't like Yoshi's Island means he doesn't know anything about video games, it's like, dude, he's been doing this since before you were alive. He went to the first E three. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about the first one, but he was he's been going to this for a I long time. I resent how much I know about video games as opposed to knowing about every other <laughs> thing like history or yeah. math. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just what we're I have. together. We could all uh, be lawyers if we just got rid of this, it to this Saved by the Bell yeah. stuff we know. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a blessing and a curse, people. But that does wrap up two thousand seven yeah. for thirty twenty ten. Uh, you can find out more at 3020.10.net. I'm going to want you to stay tuned for this birthday quiz because I have been in the lead so far. Uh, but keep trying. This is, uh, yeah, this is where we do our plugs. But before that, we have to let you know that we are primarily listener-supported by the crowdfunding site Patreon. Patreon.com slash LazerTime supports the entire LazerTime network, yeah. which includes shows like Talking Simpsons, uh, LazerTime, the show that's like this but topic-based instead of date-based, and Video Game Apocalypse with Mr. Diana Goodman, uh, Michael Raparez. <laughs> Uh, and what, one, one of the things we really, really love and encourage is comments on yes. the site because we only know what we know as we've researched and experienced it. 
generally your anecdotes in my opinion are more funny and you all should have your own show yeah, this is a good <laughs> so this is our attempt to do to that. that we have a weekly patreon bonus show uncensored and commercial free over on patreon.com slash laser things for 2017 mm-hmm. mm. spoilers and, mario odyssey a lot <laughs> and we do a bi-weekly show where we gather up all of your anecdotes from 302010 because i do feel they're just as important as ours so uh jr rawls talked about drawn together and growing up saying drawn together is a show i've made maybe two or three episodes of but it's seared seared into my memory because i associate it with a <laughs> i too grow old moment of my life <laughs> When Drawn Together premiered, I was like, cool, another South Park. I watched a couple of episodes, and as, and as crude jokes of after sophomoric attempt at humor flew at me, I suddenly realized, <laughs> this is too juvenile for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had children's shows have that effect on me, but in 2007, at the ripe old age of 29, that was probably the first time I felt too, cru- uh, too old for crude humor. <laughs> the very next day, I went to a strip club and chatted with a stripper about her hopes and dreams, <laughs> and eventually I started talking about how uh, if she really wanted to become a veg- vet- veterinarian, as she was telling me that I thought it was important for her to go back to college and how education is the bedrock for a solid life and she said you sound just like my dad <laughs> boom pow I was now old looking back uh, as damn near 40 year old father of two that mm-hmm. one uh, that one two punch sticks with me to this day as uh, a reminder that one's 20s last 10 years and no longer Aww. hey yeah. buddy T- JR, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to make Keep it. Keep it going. I want to know the story about the strip club. Like, was that an attempt? To, like, no, I'm still a th- young guy. I'm thing. a cool hot. I, I was really expecting that to veer into you talk to this stripper about drawn together. Yeah. Please <laughs> tell me that's her favorite show. That would make all the sense in the universe. Hey, don't come on. It just would. You know it would. Uh, but uh, but we that is it. We have got our plugs out. Now we have our little uh, death, yes. a little death yeah. thing, and a birthday quiz. And oh, this is real sad. Oh no, deaths from 1987, 1997, 2007 for November 24th through the 30th. Diana, who do we got? Uh, 1987, we lost James Baldwin. He was only 63. Uh, Best Baldwin brother. I <laughs> recommend the documentary. I am not your Negro from yeah. last year. That explains who the guy is and everything about him. Yeah, um, well, the polar opposite end of the celebrity spectrum. Then, the whitest man who's ever lived. The whitest man who's ever lived. 1997, Evil Knievel died. He was 69. Nice. Nice. So the weed number. number. Did he die in a crash? Did he die in a rocket cycle? Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis was huh? the rocket cycle he could not tame. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know why. Evil Knievel, I, I don't remember this, but it just fascinates me that how... We're talking a lot about pop culture and media that evil can evil was pop culture. What do you do? I drive over stuff. Yeah. <laughs> do you make it? Sometimes. And I am the biggest celebrity in the world. There's been He's two, okay, folks. two biopics made about me, one yeah. of which stars me. Wasn't I have it, toys. It, I'm nationally famous. Wasn't Super Dave like a parody? Of yes. yes. Yeah, totally. Evil. Super Dave Osborne. Yes. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the, the Jackass guys, I think, work together in a really good uh, evil can evil yeah. documentary yeah. because Ooh. it's just it's bizarre to think of a stuntman being that famous especially when I just saw a stand-up special starring Steve-O they they fired his casket over six hearses and uh, then they announced he's not okay folks (laughs) yeah Evil Knievel fascinating individual but our birthday quiz Diana you know what it's time for oh birthday is a doodly doo a ding dong diddly I'm gonna beat you guys Uh, our birthday this week for November 26, 1939. Whoa. Turning 78 years old, uh, born Anna Mae Bullock in Nutbush, Tennessee. Anyone got it right now? Anna Mae? Anna Mae Bullock. No. (laughs) No? Anna Mae Bullock. Anna Mae Bullock. Dolly Parton. Nutbush, Tennessee. Nutbush, Tennessee. Tennessee. Go back, Dolly Parton. Nope, you (laughs) Does Peter Boners live there? (laughs) (laughs) She uh, has sold 200 million 
albums. Uh, had Cher? No. Uh, Barbara Streisand? No. Uh, has won 13 Grammys. Celine Dion. Uh, an autobiography, which was made into a movie. Oscar-nominated performances uh, ooh, in it. Ooh, ooh. Ooh. Anyone? No. No, no. Okay, good. She um, has done a read her book. She has done a Bond theme. Uh, uh, Aretha Franklin? No. Oh fuck. oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. She's also in Tommy and uh, a Mad Max movie. Um, um, um. Uh, oh, oh, Turner. 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 Yes. I was I was hot on the the Goldfinger lady. I was trying to think of her, and then when you said Mad Max, I was like, Oh, Tina Turner is ninety years old. What did you say? Seventy eight. Turner is seventy eight years old. Holy shit! God, there's no way she's that old. Are you crazy? Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, she retired a couple of years ago, but man, did she? Yeah. No, I mean, I saw her in two thousand, which was supposed to be her farewell tour, and then she came back a couple of years later and did it, but. I know I can pinpoint the date because it was in 2000 between the election and the election actually ending with Bush winning. Remember, there was about a month there while they were recounting and shit in Florida. And one of her big songs is called Nutbush about the town she's from. And so we were having a great time. As she's singing Nutbush, we were singing Not Bush. Uh, I thought it would be cool. And then uh, we lost and we were sad. So Mad Max, she's like 50 something? Yeah. Yeah, no, she, I I just watched that movie. I would have sworn she was 30. Yeah, no, I mean, she's which, when she was, you know, with the, you know, I can Tina Turner review, she was younger, but I mean, when she hit big in the 80s with like, what's love got to do with it, she was already in her 40s, man. Whoa. Yeah, she's awesome. God damn, I love Tina Turner awesome. so much. Well, hopefully she'll be brought up on this very program as we continue this exploration to 1987, 1997, 2007, and we only have one month of it left, people, <gasps> before we end up in the eights. Before before we take ourselves out with an outro song, I want to say you can go to 302010.net to go directly to all these episodes or visit lasertimepodcast.com. We have a ton of fun uh, articles there and we tend to do video game streams, a lot of which relate yeah. to the anniversaries we talk about on this very program. And and thank you for listening to this show. If you've been listening to the beginning, this is the 100th episode. This is the 100th episode. Going off of Brett's numbering, so hopefully he didn't mess up. Wow. All right. Well, taking us out, Pur Un Amor from Canciones de Mi Padre uh, from Linda Ronstadt, Diana. Yep, Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> 